Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Ole Miss saying it's time echoes all throughout football, all throughout the history of the sport at Ole Miss. It also echoes through these proverbial hallways in the studio of Hit That Line. It's time. We're back. I'm your host, Zach Perry. Ben, Austin, Nick, all three are joining me as well. We are going to get into our preseason episodes. This week, we're going to be talking a lot of win totals. We're going to give you some locks for over-under win totals for various teams across the country. But before I do that, as I've been doing all this week and last week, I want to remind you that the title sponsor of Hit That Line is none other than Homefield Apparel. The, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, just vivid detail, premium quality shirts, sweatshirts, pants, and thoughtful design all in one place. Homefieldapparel.com. You can join the team, get on the newsletter. And uh, right now, as we lead up to the Ole Miss drop, August 27th, you can use promo code TOC23 for 15% off. If you want to go ahead and jump the gun for your first purchase, if you just really want to get a Yale Bulldog golf shirt, or you just really, for some reason, like a Husky, and you want to get some Washington gear, you can go ahead and do that. Or you can wait a couple weeks as uh, we are now 17 days away from the Ole Miss merch drop at homefieldapparel.com. I love them. Nick is here. He's on the show. He'll probably chime in here in, in, in any moment. I have bought several pieces of their apparel. The collection's over 150 teams. They have everything from Air Force to Appalachian State to Colgate to Drake. They've got Ferris State. They got Kent State. Just dropped the Golden Flashes line. It's pretty dope. Um, As I've probably talked about on this year's show, I'm a big fan of El Paso, Texas. UTEP, that one dropped last week. Oh, yeah. Really good stuff. I I mean, top to bottom, they got just basically almost the entire library. Um, Really cool stuff. I mean, I I just like it. The quality of the T-shirt is outstanding. It fits well. It's comfortable. and yeah, I mean, who doesn't want a really cool loyal Chicago basketball shirt? Um, I haven't done it yet. I don't know how, but the Oregon line is a lot of is a lot of fun. They've got the old puddles, you know, logos and things like that. I mean, it's just it's top notch, and we are so thrilled to have them as our title sponsor. They are incredible people. The story is outstanding. Um, but Nick, I. If, Chime in here. I know that that you you yeah, probably it, have close to or more home field apparel than I do. It, I mean, if you have more than me, then I, 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 I'm sorry for your bank account because you mentioned that there's 150. If I don't have 40 different teams, I feel like I've been lying to you. I mean, it's just 
unbelievable. You talk about Oregon, but the Oregon State stuff with the beaver. I got an orange one and a white one and a gray Oregon State T-shirt. I mean, elite stuff. It's just, and I don't even, you know, I have no ties to these schools, but, you know, I used to go to, I'd be out and about and I'd be wearing a random shirt and someone would mention it to me and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I have no idea what they're talking about. 20 minutes later, I realized, oh, I'm I'm actually wearing a Washington State shirt right now. That's that's what they're talking about. It happens all the time. It's unbelievable. Great stuff. The Ole Miss line, I can't wait to see what they're doing with it. Yeah. um, Hope to get a sneak peek before it drops. Um, Josh and the folks over there said that uh, they've seen little snippets and they said that it's just flawless. So really excited to see that. And, And look, again, get get creative with it. Like, I, I personally love the state of Colorado. I love going to Boulder. I bought mm-hmm. a bunch of Colorado stuff before Dion. So now when I wear Colorado, they're like, oh, you like Dion Sanders? No, I'm 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 a hipster home field guy. Like I I I got a Colorado School of the Mind shirt. Um but yeah, I mean just go on there and just look just pick a random school. Just find, you know, something that you like and and I'm you're I I'm just saying you're you're bound to find a shirt that you're like man, that's cool. I got to own that. Um, you know, our, our buddy Ryan Nanny, friend of the show, um, he said the other day he went to pick up his kids from school and he caught a couple, you know, a couple people looking at him a little bit longer than they normally do. And then he realized that he had a Kansas t-shirt on and a Hawaii dad hat on, um, from home field apparel. So he was like, you know, these people are like, what, you know, which, which was undergrad, which was masters, you know, what's, what's going on over here. So, um, yeah, I mean, the t-shirts are, are incredibly comfortable. The fit is great. I personally like t-shirts to fit a little bigger. Um, I, I think that for me, I, I typically size up, just uh, throw them in the wash and the dryer. I do low heat in the dryer. I, I think that kind of, you know, hinders the shrinkage. Um, they don't really shrink that much. I, I mean, Nick, you can tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't think they do. No. Um, I used I would hang dry them a lot just to avoid that, but yeah. And then I, I own a, a, a hoodie as well. The hoodies are fantastic in the winter time. I got a Gonzaga hoodie, um, that I love. I still haven't gone with the joggers. I don't know if you have Nick, but I've heard nothing but great things about the fleece jogger. Um, no, I'm, I'm still a hoodie guy. I will say though, I actually have a, a, a Hawaii hoodie pretty much. Uh, if you did a ranking of the home, home, you know, on-field stuff, every single Hawaii shirt or anything they offer is going to rank ahead of everything else. The Hawaii stuff is just you – t- you mentioned it. That's the best. I, I've got a Hawaii hoodie. Uh, like you said, throw in the dryer. Sometimes turn it inside out. I don't want to have it fade or anything like that. But I'm rocking the Hawaii hoodie probably once a month in the winter. Oh, yeah. It's great stuff. Um, we're happy to have them. Again, couple a uh, couple new drops this week. Uh, Kent State, the, the Golden Flashes stuff is just – sick i mean it's just so cool but um they're thorough um they're hard working people over there they study the history the traditions the legacies everything is thoughtful premium apparel um can't emphasize and 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 suggest them enough for you um you can join their home field pennant club um six weeks six new pennants they send them to you um just super cool vintage uh, that's just become a thing over the last i feel like eight or nine years where everything vintage is starting to make its way back and no better place to get vintage stuff than home field apparel remember promo code toc23 get your 15 percent off 
with your first purchase. All right, gentlemen, Austin, Ben, you guys haven't chimed in about, about home field. So I've, I've, I've talked to Nick. I've said hello to him. How are y'all doing? Good, good, dude. I feel like the Olmos family, like personally owes you a debt of gratitude for getting traction on this home field thing. We've all been waiting for years <laughs> for it to drop. And I know you've been pestering them more than anybody. So, uh, good job. I just, I would randomly jump in the home field DMs with like, a, if I ever found like an old Ole Miss logo and it'd be like, Hey, you up here's a, here's a logo. <laughs> so, and, and look, look, we, we know our history. We don't have to get into it. We, we've got some, we've got a checkered past with logos. So, yeah, they, you yeah. know, they had to tiptoe around it a little bit. They had to find some things they could use because we I like, I'm sorry to tell you guys, but they're not going to be putting current rebel stuff. I get that. So anytime I'd come across like a cool old logo from the past, I was like, Hey, you uh, if you want to use this, you're, you know, feel free to feel free. Yeah, have y'all seen uh, the logo or have y'all seen what they're doing? No, I, when, when I get it, I'll, I'll let you guys see it. Um, the guy told me that, um, Joshua who, man, that guy's probably, well, now we're, we're, you know, an official partnership. Um, we're, we're buddies now, but before he was like, man, I wish this guy would stop emailing me. Cause I would email him <laughs> constantly. Cause I do think, and, and I don't want to, tell tales out of school yep. here. I do think there was a little bit of holdup on the Ole Miss end as well, just trying to get the the licensing and everything because right. older logos, yep. obviously there's there's some, there's a, you know, a chain of command and there's a lot of hoops and, and hurdles to get over. Um, but yeah, they said um, they've seen kind of snippets of what they're rolling out. And the the term that, that, that Joshua used was quote glorious. So... <laughs> Pretty excited. So once I get that, um, he said that when it hits his desk, he will send it to me. So you guys will get a sneak peek as well. Um, nice. But yeah, it's it's exciting. I mean, I, people have been because I mean, I, I I don't think Ben. I know you and Austin are, are you know are a little bit different than me and Nick, where you guys haven't bought anything of random schools. But you know, I personally will. When when Homefield first came out, I was like, damn, they don't have any Ole Miss stuff. And then at the the time South Carolina had nothing. My, my wife went to South Carolina. So then I was like, I'm going to buy shirts from like places I've lived. So like, I've got some, you know, Fordham. I, I lived in New York. I got, I got a couple Fordham things, lived in Chicago. I got some Loyola, Chicago, I got a DePaul shirt. Um, and then, like I said, I, I really enjoy going to Colorado. Got some, got some buff stuff, got some school of the mind stuff. Um, and then I've just picked random schools here and there that, stuff that I've liked, but yeah, I mean, I think that people were like, man, I wish that Ole Miss was on there, but I do think other people recognize the quality and the amount of work that goes into to putting these collections together. Cause they do diligent research and make sure that they get everything right. Oh yeah. I'm a fan of the work. Like, like you said, nobody goes as crazy as I think uh, you or Nick and, and buying <laughs> merch, but um yeah they have some really really cool designs i've just been keeping my powder dry for the Ole Miss collection so hopefully what mm -hmm. you said 17 days yep yeah R rip to the checking account oh yeah when the when the gamecock line came out we we cleaned house so i expect to uh hopefully i mean i'll probably buy it all but i really hope that um everything is worth it so um all right so we're here preseason episode. We got three of these. We're going to do uh win totals. And then next week we'll do sec East. And then the week after that we'll do sec West. And then it'll be week one. We'll be here before we know it. 
Um, I know there's been some uh, some chatter before we hit the record button about there's some hilarious win totals out there. Um, I'm interested to uh, to see what you guys have got in the hopper for locks, but I know Ben wanted to ask us a question in regard. I think it was an Ole Miss related question. So. Yeah, so not a win total related question. Okay, is there fire, something? Fire is there something to Lane Kiffin or Lane Kiffin's positivity this preseason camp? Mm. I, I definitely feel like it's more positive than the last few years. I really, you know, just for my. Yeah. I, Are I we would, good? So I've talked about this a lot. We talked about it on our, our podcast with, with our boy Ben Garrett on talk of champions talked about it with y'all talked about it with other people. It's kind of a thing now where as someone who works in the industry, when you, when you see people that you haven't seen in a while, everybody wants to talk sports or like ask what's going on. And my thing about Ole Miss this year, you've got a lot of key positions returning guys that are very good. I mean, you got arguably the best running back in the, in the conference. You've got a quarterback that is healthy the healthiest he's ever been and is in year two of the system. I think they expect a big jump from him. I don't know if it'll be as big of a jump that Matt Corral took in 2021. If it is, then watch the the hell out because Ole Miss will be really good. But four to five starters returning on the offensive line and then the pieces that they've added on offense, I think, are are crucial. Zakari Franklin, so, uh, Trey uh, Harris, Caden Priestcorn. Yeah. Those, I think, is it's, it's going to make the offense. I mean, last year – they pieced it together. Mingo was banged up, but he had some flashes. Malik Heath basically became the go-to guy. And then you had Jordan Watkins and Dane Wade that that kind of picked up the slack in the slot. But I just think the offense is going to be way more dynamic this year, and I think Kiffin's pretty giddy about it. This is maybe a question for you, Austin, cause just because I feel like you've, you've, you've talked about line play in the past, and you probably know a little bit more about, about it than I do. But is our offensive line going to be good or – I feel like that's kind of like the key. Like if we're if we're going to be a lot better, like we know the running back's going to be good. There's probably going to be some progression from Dart. I think the wide receivers. I don't think there's any question that they're probably going to be better. Um, when we had we had some, you know, especially with depth last year, we we, we struggled there. So I think the wide the wideouts probably going to be better. Is the line like kind of sneaky okay, or is it still trash? Yeah, I think there are reasons for for positivity. I mean, I think there are reasons to buy, and I think that uh, may account for some of Kiffin's positivity uh, to, to Ben's question. I mean, think about it, y'all. Last year, coming into this season, we had essentially an unknown commodity at quarterback. We ended up starting two freshman tackles, right? Yeah. By, by like yeah. game two or three on the offensive line. We had, you know, Zach Evans, which we thought was really good. We, everybody – thought that Quinchon was going to be, you know, a decent, you know, to average back. Nobody had any idea what he was. So I think Kiffin going into last season, there were a lot, there were a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball, not to mention on the defensive side of the ball where we had a new coordinator we were breaking in. Um, weren't really sure about the personnel in retrospect, you know, the, we had some, there were some deficiencies up and down the roster on the defensive side this year at minimum, I think he knows what he's got. I mean, you know, maybe Dart takes a step like Corral did. Maybe he doesn't. But I think there's a solid floor 
for Dart. Kiffin has mm-hmm. a baseline expectation. Same for our, our offensive line, uh, Nick, to your question. I, you know, I think we know what we've got in our tackles. I don't know that they're, you know, in the top three or four pairs of tackles in the league, but they're solidly above average and they're both just sophomores. So um, mm-hmm. I think we know what we're getting there on the interior. You know, we've got a lot of experience, if nothing else. I mean, those guys have seen a yeah. lot of action. Those guys have faced live fire now uh, for a lot of years. In fact, I think I saw earlier today when I was um, preparing for the show that uh, we're returning 130 career snaps on the interior. So, I mean, that that's a that's a lot Jeez. of I mean, I mean, games, not snaps, games. Um, that's a yeah. lot of football. Um, so again, you know, does it is ex- bad experience is is not a virtue but i don't think we were bad necessarily i just think we were inconsistent at times last year we had some health issues we had some issues with the snap at center i just think with a year more experience and here's look one thing in the offseason that i think has gone overlooked by most um and it's easy when we have as much transfer portal activity as we do and recruiting and kiffin and there's a lot of sizzle in a lot of different areas but we upgraded at the offensive line coach position um, yeah. Garrison from NC State is a dude, man. Look at all the guys that guy has put in the NFL. NC State does not recruit blue chip offensive linemen. They don't. He just identifies and develops talent. So um, are we going to get a huge leap in year one from him? No, probably not a huge leap. But but I think we're going to be better off than we were last year from a coaching standpoint. And you have to like the returning experience. So, again, I don't think we're going to be elite by any stretch, but I don't think it's going to be an Achilles heel either. Yeah, and I also just have I, – I see no reason for Kiffin to, like, you know, oversell and underdeliver this team. I mean, he – he I presume right. he's looked at the schedule. He knows Georgia's on it, on the road. He knows Alabama's on it. He knows LSU's on it. He knows even, you know, there's some pretty, you know, reasonably tough games like Texas A&M, Arkansas, trips to Arkansas – I mean, to MSU. He knows what the schedule is. I would see no reason for him to be like, oh, we're actually maybe could be pretty good, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. he lays down the seven and five. Why would he do that? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I another thing that I, I I've been talking about a lot with people when they ask and I've kind of kind of realized it recently a ton of experience in the secondary and you know, that's not going to make a defense jump 40 spots, but I think that there's going to be a lot of guys that are freed up to kind of do what they're built to do. I mean, even with a year, Ashim Young, I expect to take a step, you know, play yep. in a more natural position. Yeah. Tennyson, moving along. Tennyson, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two guys I'm talking about where they're not going to be asked to cover people in space as much because, right. I mean, I think it, the, in the secondary, I think you're going to have DeAndre Prince on one side, Deshaun Gaddy on another. And then you've got um, the Georgia Tech transfer. People love, uh, yeah. Walton. God, I could not freaking Zamari Walton. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I mean, those are not just pickups in the portal that they weren't like, you know, a high three or a four star at another school and they didn't get to play and they're, they're going somewhere else to start over. I mean, these are guys that have played a ton of football. Um, John Saunders was an all conference guy. Zamari Walton was a, a four year starter at Georgia Tech. Uh, Deshaun Gaddy's the highest ranked cornerback per fro, uh, pro football focus returning to college football this year. Um, I think that a lot of depth back there because Pete Golding very clearly and obviously got to campus and was like, we have got to get more DBs. Um, 
and look, I, I think it, it feels like forever ago when they got Monty Montgomery and uh, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, two linebackers that are going to start day one and played a ton of football. And I think that that just, you know, it, it's cliche and whatever, but, you know, some coaches on the field per se or just guys that have just played a ton of football. And it's not going to be, all right, you know, Sunterian Perkins, get out there and play day one. We got to have you make 85 tackles this year. They're going to be able to work him in, and, and he's not going to have a ton of pressure. Kari Coleman's back. He was really good a year ago before he got hurt. Um, and then talking about more depth and players at positions where guys can be a little bit more of themselves, I, I think the pickup of Joshua Harris and Stephon Wynn in the middle of the defensive line is going to free up Jeremiah Pegues to use his speed and his quickness to beat some tackles. He's not going to be asked to be in the middle and demand double teams and and do that. He can flex out and, you know, I mean, Randall Joyner, you know, Austin, we we, we talked with him and, and he said that Pegues is pound for pound the best athlete on, on the team. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about him throwing the football. Like he could probably be like our fifth string quarterback if we needed him to. <laughs> so I, I think Jared Ivey's going to be really good another year. Cedric Johnson's healthy. He's going to be on the other side. I I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of low key bullish on this defense. I think they're going to be better with Pete Golding calling plays. Uh, you know, oh, the scheme change, man. I think that the scheme is going to be a better fit for our personnel as well. You know, we were focused so much for the last two years running the three 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 five on limiting explosives, and that's certainly a part of the the college game in the modern era, of course. But you also have to pick your spots and be aggressive. You can't just be passive um, in the SEC. And I think. You know, for the last two years, we've kind of gotten chewed up by heavy ground and pound attacks or even guys who are willing to dink and dunk their way down the field. We kind of gave all that stuff up and just it was just death by a thousand cuts. You know, I don't think Pete's going to do that. And we'll get into this probably later. But I'll say this about Pete Golding. The the one adjective that comes up over and over and over again when people talk about him, coaches, I'm talking about coaches who know football, know the game. They say how he's so smart that he's like he's an expert at every position on the defensive side of the ball, that if he had to coach the secondary or corners, he could do that. If he was the linebackers coach, he would be maybe the best linebackers coach we've ever had. If he was a defensive line coach, he would be the best we've ever seen. The guy knows the game. He knows the scheme. He's comfortable in his own skin. Um, and I'm not knocking our previous two coordinators at all, but I, you talk about an upgrade. Garrison was an upgrade. Pete Golding is a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. Ben, you asked the question. What do you what do you think about just Kiffin's demeanor? Seems a lot more. A lot, I mean, I think you're dead on with the question. He's a lot more laid back. I mean, he's much more open to actually answering questions about the team and how they look. And he seems to be way more positive than he was the last couple of years. Well, you know, not to get technical with it, I I just think that he's excited about having a little more continuity. You know, with the team, I think he must. This is pure speculation, but he they must have hit on several of the transfers mm-hmm. as to them getting to campus and and actually living up to what they expected them to be. That that's my anticipation. You know, like the the tight end, he must be awesome. Yep. I mean, I, we've all heard that he is, but you know, it's just I think outside looking in and somebody who's not kept up with it as much as y'all have. I mean, admittedly. Um, I think it's the generalization that I'm coming to is that Kiffin or that the recruits and the 
or the signees and the transfers have all exceeded expectations. I mean, it goes without saying, but Aiden Williams is apparently filling the number one jersey again. Yeah. And, and we need and that so, so desperately. Yeah. And we and we did. I mean, us losing the uh the transfer from A and M, I can't even remember his name now. Um, Chris Marshall, yeah. Yeah, Chris Mar you know, the with that loss, I was down. I was like, man, we're like years who's ago. Who's gonna rush a passer? Who's gonna catch <laughs> yeah. you know passes? Yeah. Who's gonna you know, where are these guys gonna come from? And then you get a freshman in there who's, you know, Randy Moss or or whoever. Yeah. And you're like, man, well, filled that need. Yeah. So, I, and, and Kiffin doesn't need, and and, I, and I'll, I won't belabor this. Kiffin doesn't need, but now while it would be awesome to have the t- type of wide receivers we had in, let's say, 2018, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Dawson Knox, you know, just depth at, at wide out, while, you know, that would be awesome. Kiffin doesn't need that many. He, he makes one guy the focal point of his offense, and he already has that in Judkins. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so you know, it's going to be a – it will be fun to watch them develop that particular player, that being Williams, in the first three weeks of the season getting ready for conference play. Man, I think we've all underestimated the absence of a tight end for the last two years. Yeah. You remember yeah, what he yeah. did with Kenny Yaboa? I mean, that Kenny Yaboa yeah. was at Temple, and Lane Kiffin turned him into a dude in one season. I mean, yeah, Yaboa second torched, round yeah, torched out of that. Yeah. 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 He turned Kenny Yaboa into a guy who didn't play his last game because he was getting ready for the draft. Exactly, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Dude, I think pre-scoring is Jason Witten 2.0. If you see the guy yeah. walking around, He's, he is an NFL tight end. I don't know if he can run. I don't know if he can jump. I don't know if he can catch. I think I know. But just look <laughs> at the dude, and you're like, you're like, that guy's an NFL tight end. Yeah, I yeah, we've we've gone. I don't know how long we've gone on this podcast, but we haven't talked enough about Aiden Williams. I'm going to pull that receipt out all year long because when I saw him at the Under Armour camp in February, uh, last February, and I mean, I'm not a scout. I I don't do this for a living, but I've seen enough football, and I have a basic knowledge of what looks good and what doesn't. And I was there with several national analysts and scouts and when he was out there running routes against air and I was just like, that, that doesn't look like everyone else. And then he got out there in one-on-ones and it was a joke. I mean, he was clowning on people and I mean, he did it at the Under Armour, uh, at the Under Armour game. He did it in practice the whole week. Um, if he had a quarterback that was worth the shit in that game, he has a walk-in touchdown. He did a double move on the number one corner in the country and put him in a body bag and he, you know, all the quarterback had to do was just lob it out there to him and he overthrew him. Um, I think, I, I mean, the, the number one Jersey is, is, is big time pressure at Ole Miss, but I, I don't know if he's going to be freshman, all American consensus like Quinshawn Judkins was because I do think that Trey Harrison, Zakari Franklin are going to be really good. But I do think if we're doing like an over-under of like 500 yards receiving, I'm going over. I think he's going to be special. He he just has a knack to – he's just so fluid and smooth in what he does, and it just looks effortless. And I think that um, as he gets older and gets bigger and gets stronger, he's only going to get better. But, I mean, when Kiffin is is kind of acknowledging a true freshman in press conferences – and kind of giving a little smirk, a little smile after he, he knows what he's doing. 
Yeah, look, just a reminder, y'all. He Kiffin was not like this about Quinchon going into the last football season. Like he was not tipping his hand at how good Q was and Q was going to be a potential Heisman candidate by the time he left. Like I think Kiffin liked him in, in, in camp last year, but we weren't hearing this type of praise about, about Quinchon. Hey, you're you're exactly right. And at the time, we still expected Zach Evans to be the guy. Exactly. Exactly. We've mentioned him, but we haven't really talked about him a lot. But yeah, Priest Corn. I know a lot of NFL teams have sent representatives out to different practices all across the SEC and across the country. Um, I was told that a lot of them have been at Ole Miss's practices to see him. Um, and like Austin I- said, he he looks like an NFL tight end. Like he is a literally a grown man like he's married he has a kid i mean this is a one-year gap to get to the nfl before we get into it and i don't want to tip our hand because i'm sure we'll have half an episode in the future on Ole miss's season right yeah but we can talk about how good Ole miss is and also acknowledge that Ole miss plays at alabama and at georgia and at auburn and Hugh Freeze will make that their Super Bowl and at State, and that's their Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I said at Alabama and at Georgia yeah. and at Auburn and at State. I mean, hell, so at, it, at Georgia might be their Super Bowl. That might be the first ranked team they play this year. I know. We will be their heart. To, you know, they play at Tennessee and, and Florida and Jacksonville and at Auburn. But as far as home games, mm-hmm. we're the it for them. Yeah. So um, it's just interesting. Like we can be a much better team and even a very good team and go eight and four this year. For sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 The schedule is brutal. Um, yeah. We'll definitely get into that when we do our SEC, we- SEC West preview, but yeah, I mean. Nick's going to be sour if we do it too. He's be like, nah, a million dollars. Right. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> I can read the text yeah, well, now. You can you can blame Jimbo Fisher on that for setting the market, but um, yeah, I we'll get into it in the West episode because I do think that the West is up for grabs. I'll leave it at that. I'm not saying Ole Miss will win it, but I'm just saying it's not your cookie cutter. Oh, it's Bama done. Move on. It's not that this year. Um, but yeah, I that's a great question, Ben, because we just went. 20 minutes talking about it. I, I do I do get that sense that they feel this team can be special. And, and look, special might be nine and three, and that's fine because it's the SEC and it's just at, at Ole Miss, hard. Special mm-hmm. is nine and three. For sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. People need to realize that. I know the coach is making whatever money, blah, mm. blah, blah. But I mean, Ben Garrett and I were talking about that on our podcast this week where, you know, you grew up as an Ole Miss fan and you were pumped, stoked to look at driving to Shreveport and go to the Independence Bowl. I mean, you were now, geeked about a Motor City Bowl. Now, oh, oh, I mean. On uh, this note, though, that well, that doesn't mean that we should, shouldn't want to be a 10-win or 11-win or 12-win sure. team. Those are sure. two different things, you yeah. know. I agree, agree. Yeah, those that if we go nine and three, I think we're we're all going to be really, really happy about that. But I will say this: I would prefer that those three not be complete ass whippings. You know, I yeah, prefer I was going to say 
Yeah, we're yeah. not losing by 35. To I don't Georgia. want to go back to Baton Rouge and get run off the field. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's a there's a way that we could feel pretty empty at, at nine and three, and there's also a way we could feel pretty good at nine and three. If you told me we we went to Georgia and we lost, you know, fifty six fourteen, and we never led against LSU or Alabama, and we went nine and three, and we, you know, we we never, you know, were kind of in the game. I think that would feel pretty empty, and that would be like a nine and three. But for what we, you know, we're not even close to that next echelon. And if we get nine and three, and you know, we were to beat one of those two, beat one of those three teams listed, but have lost to maybe an Arkansas or something, and then we, you know, we led in the fourth yeah. quarter against Alabama, or we, you know, were ended in the second half at Georgia. I think you could feel even an eight and four could feel pretty. Well, good that's exactly what we did last year. One of those three. Yeah. What? What's that? Oh, we yeah, left. Off the field. Well, we had the we should we had the ball to beat Alabama going into score. Sure. We we were well. I mean, we got whipped in the second half by LSU. You and I were there together they, and left. They all early. they all came in a row though. This year they're broken up. You know what I mean? I think that'll help. No, a I, I like agree. The Georgia game is because we could have a really good month of October because <laughs> the Alabama and LSU games are so early. We could be on a four-game win streak by the time we get to Athens, and I think that would feel a little bit better than just like last year. We got bludgeoned in you know starting what October twentieth, mm. and that like I don't know. Not all four wins. If you have, if you win every lose every third game or something, it's going to feel different than losing your last four, your last five, or whatever. Right? Weren't we a five-loss team last year? Yeah, you count the ball. Yeah, lost the yeah. Ball. yeah, okay, count the ball. Yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't even watch the ball game, guys. It's not exactly ball game. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't. Bowl game didn't happen, as far as I, I understand. Did. It was not fun. Oh, um, yeah. One thing, because I keep forgetting about him, and I want to give him his flowers on here because I do anticipate him being very involved in the rotation at receiver. Jalen Knox is healthy. He was a pretty serviceable to pretty good receiver at Missouri. Came to Ole Miss. People were excited about him. Got hurt. Didn't play at all last year. I think he, I mean, I've seen him in a couple couple videos they put out at fall camp. Looks like he's going to be kind of a hybrid slot outside guy. They they like his speed. Um, I think he'll Pretty be versatile, kind of a, versatile guy yeah. from, yeah, from Mizzou. Like a Swiss Army knife type guy that they'll just get him the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Keep an eye on him. I think he'll be a factor. That wide receiver room is all of a sudden very good. Um Sakari Franklin and Trey Harris. I, I don't know about y'all. When you look at clips of Trey Harris at Louisiana Tech, and then you look at clips of him now, my dude has been in a weight room. Yeah. I mean, he is way bigger in person. Um, and I think that that combo of him as a one-on-one machine, he can win some some jump ball uh, battles on the on the outside, and then you've got Zachary Franklin, who was just basically like a a, sl- a slant assassin when he was at UTSA. Um, lot of lot of toys for Lane Kiffin on the offensive side, and then again, I think we talk about upgrading at offensive line with John Garrison. I mean, just an insanely huge upgrade on Pete Golding. Um, Randall Joyner was saying that he thinks that. He's not only an elite defensive coordinator, he he said that he's elite at coaching every position. Like he yeah. coaches the linebackers, but he said that he can coach everybody in the secondary. He can coach every defensive line position. Like he knows the entire defense. So 
I think that's big because all due respect to Chris Partridge, he was he he had never been a defense coordinator. He 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 didn't know like he was calling plays for the first time. Now you get a guy that has the the Nick Saban you, stamp of approval. I mean, come well, on. So you can sum this up in in one thing, and that's Pete. You cannot, regardless of why he's no longer in Tuscaloosa, you cannot remain the defensive you cannot get that job mm-hmm. unless you were an expert on defense exactly mm-hmm. yeah man look i bama's i'm using air quotes here bama's decline happened to coincide with pete but what bama fans don't seem to want to acknowledge is that it also happened to coincide with georgia's ascendance meaning yeah. all the dudes that they used to get on the defense all those dudes are going to georgia now right so mm-hmm. yeah. pete wasn't playing with 10 NFL guys on that side of the ball like Saban was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, these things, there's a correlation between Georgia's success, particularly on that side of the ball, and Alabama's, again, air quotes, decline on that side of the ball. By the way, they were still a 10, top 10 or top 15 defense in virtually every yeah. metric that matters. So, you know, Bama fans get, like, fuck off. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what's so ridiculous to me is just the I get it like it's the Saban effect where if they don't go like Bama fans are pissed if they go 10 and 2 mm-hmm. and yeah I, Kirby Smart's defenses were very good but also they're gonna Golding's, be mad again then yeah, yeah I was yeah. about to say <laughs> Pete Golding had some really good defenses there and you know they they got to point the blame at somebody and they're definitely not going to blame Nick Saban um they're not going to blame Saban, and they're not going to acknowledge that Georgia has passed them as a program on that side of the ball right now. That doesn't mean Bama can't get back there. Of course they can. But right now, the preeminent, the premier defensive program in the country is Georgia, and it's not even close. Yeah. Are you ready for the Grove? Because I know I am. So join Lane Kiffin and your Ole Miss football rebels at Vaught Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 season. Order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process and to explore seating options. Visit OleMissTix.com, OleMissTix.com, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation today, 662-915-7159. For Ole Miss football season tickets, it's time again to help lock the vault. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. 
At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Let's get into picks. Yeah, we, I was going to say, we can talk about one SEC team here in particular on one of my picks. So, All right, um, we want to go round robin. We each go, we'll do three rounds. We pick our locks for win totals. Let's do it. All right, we'll me... go alphabetical order. Ben, you got one last thing? No, no, I'm good. Go ahead. Okay. Um. We'll, we'll, we'll alphabetical order. So, Austin, you're up first. Who you got? Let's start out with with uh, a sizzler. The Mississippi State Bulldogs win total is six oh, and a half. That is under all day, every day. There, there's there are not seven wins on the schedule. Um, I think with Mike Leach, I might have had some hesitation. Rest in peace to the Pirate. Um, but with Zach Arnett transitioning to a completely new offense with a quarterback who has only ever played in the air raid. By the way, Will Rogers played air raid in high school, guys. Then he went to college. Three-year like, starter, Austin. Three-year starter. Yeah, yeah. So now he's going to take snaps under center because – I think you know, I think the quote was he hasn't been under center since his sophomore year of high school. Yeah. and look, Wait, I don't th- they're going under center this year? Occasionally. They hired App State's coordinator. Oh. OC. So like, yeah, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have to go under center to run that offense. I mean, App State is, is obviously they were more balanced than the air raid, but they were kind of ground and pound, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he's going to try that at state because I think that's just the the type of scheme the guy calls. Um, I don't think state has the personnel for that. Look, again, I think Rogers is a decent quarterback. I just don't think he's a good quarterback for that type of scheme. And I know their offensive linemen were not recruited for that type of scheme. They were not recruited to line up, blow people off the ball. Um, They don't have a stable of running backs. Uh, They don't really have any weapons at wide receiver that scare me. Then on the defensive side of the ball, they lost a ton in the secondary. They always seem to have a guy there or find a guy there. I just don't think they have a guy there this year. Um, They kept a lot of their – they're going to miss Forbes. He was for sure last year. Absolutely. They kept a lot of their front seven, which were like, you know, just sort of run of the mill dudes. They're okay. Um, I, I don't think Arnett's a bad coach. I thought he was a, a really good defensive coordinator and, and God knows he gave us fits in the egg bowl last year, but I don't know that he's ready to be a head coach in the sec. I mean, you know, this time just... last year, if I told y'all that, you know, Zach Arnett's going to end up being a, a head coach in the SEC, we all would have laughed about that. I mean, let's be real about it. He would have said Vanderbilt. Exactly. Exactly. He got the job for one reason, and it's it's tragic and it's terrible. And, you know, I'm not saying I hope he fails long term, but I just don't think he's ready right out of the gate. Oh, I am. I in, a, in, a, yeah, in a tricky situation. <laughs> and even if I thought State's personnel was awesome – and there was continuity with their scheme, and Zach Arnett was the next, you know, Nick Saban. Their schedule does not do them any favors. Um, they got a tricky three-game run right out of the gate with LSU at home. They go on the road to Carolina, come back home for Alabama. You know, you usually prefer your toss-up games to be at home to give you a chance, right? They they have LSU and Bama at home. Those are not toss-ups. Right. Um, Carolina on the road. If that were in Starville, I might give them a puncher's chance. I think that's a loss at Carolina. So that's 0-3 mm-hmm. in the SEC before October 7th. When, when uh, do they have the, that Arizona game? Because Arizona is – they're sneaky over under 5-5. Five five. Yeah, yeah, it's September 9th, so second second game after um, CELA. 
So, so who's who's their third game? Like who's who's the LSU before? L- LSU is okay. after Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Sneaky Arizona. I'm telling you, watch out for them because I, I don't think they're terrible this year. I think they're probably going to go I'm, to a ball. Jed Fish. Unless unless you're trying to win the West, which is like once every four or five years for Ole Miss and uh, Mississippi yeah. State, we can include them in that. It's probably more like seven or eight. I mean, they're consistently winning as many or more games than we are year in, year out. But they rarely catch lightning in a bottle and get very close like we do. Mm-hmm. And um, But, man, unless you're doing that, just play Bama and LSU on the road. Like exactly, yeah. Get that out. I mean, we we have a better chance against LSU, but if if you could sign up and play Arkansas at home every year and Alabama on the road every year, you'd have to take it as exactly. far as right. winning goes. Exactly. Um, so their bye is in a pretty good spot right in the middle of the season, October fourteenth. This is their stretch run after the bye, at Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky comes to Starkville. They go to A and M, Southern Miss before the Egg Bowl. That's Man, brutal. they're going to be a whip puppy by the end of the season. That's brutal. That's brutal. Because mm-hmm. let me tell I you, just, I just don't Freeze think... is smart enough that he's going to circle games that he's got a chance in. Yes, if he wants to bowl, state's got to be a win. Has to be. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He knows. Also, MSU's coordinator. MSU's coordinator was six and six last year at Appalachian State. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I, you know, they they had their issues and they were up and down and stuff, and they had, you know, the big college game they win over Troy and stuff, but. Again, six and six at App State, and he took a step up to the SEC. It's kind of well, you know, you that, take that, that miracle win out, and they're five and seven. Yeah, true, true. No, exactly right. Um, all right, so you're going under six and a half for State. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I try to be a... dispassionate about my money. Like, yeah, y'all know I hate State, like every Ole Miss <laughs> fan should. But I, this is about money, and I I try to set my my passions to the side, my biases to the side. There are not seven games, seven wins rather on the schedule. It's not going to happen. Yeah, the, right. the hook is big here. Yep. I just I think the first year, the first year struggle is going to be too much for Arnett. Well, it's mm-hmm. a different type. It's not an excitement of a new coach. That's, That's true. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. it's like it's, first year Matt Luke. It's you know, tragic. Like, right. It kind of yeah. kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Like you there's know, no. Sometimes you get an injection. This is not that. Well, look, and dude. At, Look, I can hear them trying to talk themselves to, into it a lot, like some Ole Miss fans did during the Luke era. Like you hear some of the same kind of stuff, like, um, you know, there's a lot of the same buy-in, exactly, belt. exactly right, work ethic, and he's going, you know, we're just going to grit it out and line up and just you know road grade people. It's just not that's not the way it works in the modern SEC. You're not going to do no. that unless you're Georgia, and they're not Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah All I, right, you're, I don't believe you're ready for me. Yeah. So I, I'm going to have a equally warm take here. Um, going to Florida State. Mm. Yes. And I do it. I'm going to go under nine and a half. Half to. Um, okay. LSU is favored in the opener against Florida State. I think they're losing that one. Unless we're saying that LSU isn't that good. I mean, they're. they're we can't have both. They play at Clemson. And then so that's two losses right there. All they've got to do is lose wow. one more. They play at Wake, at Pitt, at Miami, at Florida. Mm. So I'm just playing the odds here. Now, don't get me wrong. I think quarterback's a great player. Florida State is going to be a fabulous team. That's not, I like Norvell, even though he's kind of like a dickhead to 
to the press where he was the other day. Did y'all see that video? Yeah, Very yeah it was weird. It was weird. Even, even if he was a, being sarcastic. But this um, is a plus one thirty-five bet, by the way. This is probably the longest odds we're going to take tonight. So this what? Yeah. Nine and a half. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, I, I just, you know, I think that they ended the year on a long winning streak, but I, I, that's probably because of who they played. I, I'm just not a believer in it. Give me, give me under nine and a half. Um, wow. For example, they won six games to end last last season. Five of the six wins were against teams of losing record. The other win against Syracuse, who was seven and six. And then they so, played NC State without their quarterback. Was that one of those games? Did yes, NC State? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. Look, I so think they are, I, I'm with you, Ben. I, I I agree. Yeah, yeah. I know that that's going to be like, oh wow, whatever. And but I'm just telling you, I just don't see the. the I mean, I'm nine a, and three covers here. Nine and a half I'm for Florida State again. They were good last year, but we're. It's not just football going on down there right now. They don't even know what conference they're going to be in. Mm-hmm. I'm a so, big anyway. I'm a big fan of them this year. I like Jordan Travis. Lane Kiffin wanted Keon Coleman bad. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be down there with yeah. Johnny Wilson. Um they somehow got Jared Verse to come back to campus. That blows my mind. There were some people that thought he'd be a top ten pick. Um I I don't know. I I I think they beat Clemson. LSU might get them because it's early, it's the opener. I mean, Wake doesn't have Sam Hartman anymore, and I think the rest of the ACC is is kind of high key trash. I, I mean, is, Ke- I just, is Keaton Slovis I mean, at Pitt still? Like, what's Pitt going to look like? I mean, if they beat Clemson, then we're penciling Florida State in the playoffs. Yeah, like, I, I, that, that, I'm just saying, that, I, I think they're going to be good. I don't hate the pick because, like you said, nine and three gets you. Like you're good. Well, but. They get LSU's in Orlando. They play at Clemson. They actually get Miami at home. They play at Florida, who's not good. I get that, but that's still a rivalry game. Like, yeah, still and Florida almost beat them last year, right? I, I mean, mean, I think, yeah. I, I think Florida's going to be ass. I think Miami's going to be ass. And See, I think Miami's going to be improved. I don't think they're going to be like good, like elite, but I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. But listen, nobody listen to me. Now, I picked Duke under three and a half last year, and they won like ten games. Yes, <laughs> and their coach was did, national coach of the year. Do they play UNC this year? Uh, I'm talking no. about FSU. No, they don't. No. They don't. Okay, okay. Drake um, May is slinging that hoe. Ben, if, you, if you agree with Ben, and I, I'm inclined to agree with Ben, I say wait until there's like the the very last minute, get two more weeks of hype around this Florida State team, and then go by a ten under, even if it's a it, little more juiced, because ten and two to me seems that, that seems more likely than any other result. Ten and two. So if you can get a ten, that, that's like push insurance. Um, I think I'm with you, Ben. I think it's nine and three or ten and two. If I had to bet it, I'm going under. I think they're a little overhyped. I think they're going to be really good, Zach. Like I'm not. I think they're going to win some games. Um, and make some noise in the ACC, maybe even win the ACC. But I still think it's a, a roster that is not – it's not elite in, in terms okay. of, like, top five talent. So I've got a newer newer line. I was on an older site. The new line is 10. Oh, under yeah. all day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take 10, under 10. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, you're just banking on them winning, even if it's a 
60% coin toss rather than a 50% or 70, you're banking on them winning all of them. It's yeah. like, you know, I, I just now, now if they beat LSU, then I'm skunked, but well, I don't look, I see mean, that happening. I'm not wishing it on the kid by any stretch. And I know this is true for a lot of teams. Ole Miss is not one of those teams. What happens if Travis goes down with an injury? He's been injury prone in the past. He's been banged up some over the course of his career. He likes to get out of the pocket. He likes to run. Norvell likes to use him in the run game. If he gets hurt, who's their backup? Like who who's coming in to to then win nine games or whatever for him? Like, I, I, do we Chris even Lincoln. know the backup? Do they know the? I don't even know the backup. Like, um, again, I know that applies to a lot of schools, but if you're asking, if you're asking me to bet over 10 wins i gotta know that we got some dudes in backup roles that can get the job done if, if starters go down i mean i'm i'm not so much not to hint anything i may be going under 10 and a half for alabama later so which is just a so they, big risk but you know go ahead so to answer your question austin if jordan travis goes down you've got tate rotamaker mm-hmm. aj duffy sounds like a winner who AJ Duffy was, I believe, a four-star prospect coming out of high school. Um, and then you've got the true freshman Brock Glenn, who's from Memphis, um, who I think is going to be a good one. But he's a true freshman, so yeah. If Travis goes down, it's going to be tough sledding. But um, and those guys may be good, you know, above-average quarterbacks. I just don't think that they're replacement value, which for Travis. No, and so yeah, at that point, you're asking them you know, to carry a team to five, six wins or whatever. I, I think that's really, really unlikely. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily hate the pick, but I, I do, I do think that, that Florida state's going to be good this year. I do too. We look, we, we've, we've praised Norvell on this pod for a couple of years. It's oh, yeah. finally, finally starting to come to fruition there for him. I just, am not ready to put him in the championship tier yet. And 10 and two is basically that tier. Right. Yeah, you're you're right. All right, Nick, where are we going? Mountain West, Sunbelt? Uh, you, you know what? I'm going to start off hot. I'm headed to the MAC. Um, <laughs> this, okay, look. Words that nobody all, has ever said in the history. <laughs> I'm coming out hot. I'm going to Ohio. Taking my to, 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 <laughs> actually, I am going to Ohio uh, and the Battle of Akron here yes. uh, between Michigan and Ohio. So uh, we all, we're all aware of Joe, Joe Moorhead, what he did in Starkville. He is not an SEC coach. I think that that's pretty obvious. But is he is he so bad that he can't be win win four games in the MAC? All right, just just going over their schedule, and I'm not going to take you through the whole thing. They've got three losses. They play a Kentucky, Indiana, Temple. Those are good teams that they're going to lose to. But they get a Morgan State. Okay, that's a, a bad FCS team. Should be a dumb. and then they get probably the yeah that's a win, and they probably get the worst team in college football in Kent State. And they get that, that that team at home. All right, so let's just pencil in two. Now, I've got six more MAC games against various teams, a team in Illinois that they beat last year. Uh, you know, Ohio is going to be a rivalry game. They get that one at home. Point being, they've got six games, and I see them to win two of them. And we, we all know how the MAC is. It's very, like, mid-heavy. Shitty. There's not, like, a great team in there that's just going to destroy teams. Pretty much every team in the MAC is rated from 80 80- to like 120. So I don't see any reason that they can't win two of those six games to get to four. I really don't. I mean, yeah, yeah, two of those six games. I mean, like I said, they've got one non-conference win pretty easily. I think they've got one conference win pretty easily. At that point, I just need them to not beat 
god awful. They return a quarterback, they return some wide receivers. And I think the thing about these, uh, you know, smaller schools that we talk about, you know, well, oh, Ole Miss went and raided Western Kentucky and, and, and this, you know, this program lost their quarterback or whatever to, you know, you know, name your power five school here. But they're also getting talented players to drop down to them. They're getting guys mm-hmm. that didn't play at Ole Miss that might have come in and, you know, were pretty talented for whatever reason it didn't work out. And they're going down to that level and they're, they're you know, their talent's kind of coming back out because they realize this is their last chance. Uh, getting the four wins for Akron, it's it's only minus 135, so it's not juiced heavily. But I think that they're going to be, again, Joe Moorhead, I mean, he's not the worst coach in the world. All he's got to do is win three total mat games for me to win this bet. Can you name Kent State's head coach now? No, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I think a team like Akron benefits greatly from Kent State just falling off the map. They lose everybody. Their their coaching staff, every player that mattered is gone. Who is it, Zach? Who's the coach? It is Kenny Burns. Not to be confused with the uh... – The Civil War documentary? <laughs> the biographer? Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. Kenny Burns, he played running back at Indiana – in the early 2000s. This is his first year as a head coach. Um, bit of a journeyman. He's been an assistant all over the place. But, yeah, Sean Lewis left. He He's over at Colorado now. Um, they lost their quarterback. They lost receivers, right? They, I mean, they lost everybody. That they were, they were a really fun team a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Kent State is juiced plus 120 for the over on two and a half. They're going yeah. to be <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, so I think a team like Akron benefits when a team like Kent State falls down a tier. You know, I think Akron can leapfrog them. Um, who else is terrible in the MAC? Bowling Green, right? They 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 hit the reset button again. Um, I, I think mean, Western Michigan's here. pretty bad. Yeah, Ball State's pretty bad. It's there's there's yeah, some bad teams in the MAC. How's and Northern that, Illinois? I mean, the Huskies are usually pretty decent. See, that's the thing. They they whipped Northern Illinois last year, and I'm just looking at the stats. Okay. They have they had four mat games and they had four mat games decided by touchdown or less last year. And they went they went two and ten, obviously, so they've got to have some improvement. But you know, I just you, you put a line down there at three and a half, and unless the team is going to be really, really bad. I mean, Ben found this out last year with Duke. It it's really not that difficult to get the four wins when you don't play a bunch of teams that with you know supremely talented over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's a good pick. All right. I'm going to go. I'm staying in-house here. Literally, not figuratively. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm seeing South Carolina at six and a half. That's right. Yeah, it, it, all day over. I, I don't understand mm. this. Um. I look. I all jokes aside, with the you know, Shane Beamer doesn't get enough credit. He is not nearly as big of a pool social media wise as Lane Kiffin, but the creative content team over in Columbia, South Carolina, does a fantastic job with everything they do with Shane Beamer. Um, I mean, they did the they did the video of the spoof of the office where they're out there running with the speed limit. Um, mm-hmm. You know the the radar speed limit you know he's out there running and then they did like a full house thing um i mean he's a player's coach through and through the 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 people there love him um he's recruiting um 
I mean, they are recruiting their their ass off right now. I mean, thanks in large part to NIL. They have got it figured out over there. But I think that Spencer Rattler, once they just kind of let him sling it around, they were really good offensively a year ago. Um, I just think they're going to be better. And, I mean, six and a half is just, just doesn't seem right to me. I mean, if you want to look at their schedule, um, they start out with UNC. I, you could say that's kind of a toss up. I think they win that. Um, and then after that, you're winning against Furman. You're losing to Georgia. I think they beat Mississippi State. Tennessee, maybe a loss, but kind of a toss up. I think they beat Florida. I think they beat Missouri. I think they could beat AM, Jacksonville State, Vandy, Kentucky, and then Clemson. This will probably be the most hyped Palmetto Bowl in a long time. Um, probably going back to when Dylan Thompson and Connor Shaw were were under center for for the Gamecocks, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of bullish on on the Gamecocks this year. I think another. I mean, it's it's honestly it's kind of a little bit similar to to Jackson Dart. I mean, Rattler's got another year in the system. I think he's going to be much more confident. I think they're going to be. They got um the receiver turned tight end from Arkansas. Um, was it Trey Knox? I, Trey I think he's, Knox, yeah, yeah. He's going to be a weapon. He kind of replaces, um, and his name is escaping me, but they had an absolute dude that was a weapon last year that was kind of a tight end, running what is, back. What is their run total that you've gone with here? Huh? What is it? What, what's the total for South Bet Carolina? M- Bet MGM had it at six and a half. Okay, and you're saying over six and a half? Yes, I think they're definitely okay. – an eight and fourteen. Man, sneaky hard schedule to me. It's yeah. not it's pretty tough. It's not play, the easiest, but I think that they have a lot of games that are winnable on the road. Because you guys have been there. Williams Bryce is a fucking house of horrors at times. I mean, that, that place gets loud, and those it people does, yeah. fill that place out every week. And there's a ton, a ton of hype around this year. Um, well, I mean, they've got they've got Drake, May, Georgia, and Clemson on the schedule. They play at A and M and at Tennessee. If they were to lose all of those, which they may not, they're now starting. They've got to win out. Other than that, that's seven and five. Which which gets it done? Yeah, that gets it done. You're right. No, I, I agree yeah. with you. I don't hate this. I I think they're an eight and four team. They're they're honestly very similar to Ole Miss. Where like they're it seems like the floor is eight and four. Or maybe I guess you could say seven and five, but there's potential to go eight and four, nine and three. Because I I think if they don't, if they don't get cute offensively and just let Rattler play, they'll be fine. I mean, look, they cut him loose against Clemson and he carved him up. Um, so I I think defensively, they have quietly recruited. I mean, they're in the same division as Georgia. They're not on that level. But they get front seven dudes. I mean, they have routinely gone toe-to-toe with Georgia and Tennessee for front seven guys and gotten them. Um, Now, Jordan Birch left. He went to Oregon for a big payday. But they've got some legitimate front seven guys I think are going to play. They they brought a guy to Media Days whose name is Tank. I'm sold there. Um, And Spencer Rattler, I I just think he's going to have a better year. I think he's just... Last year, it was a ton of pressure. You know, you're the high-profile guy from Oklahoma. 
you're getting acclimated to the SEC and, you know, you're new in the locker room, whatever. I, I think that they're sneaky confident over there in, in Columbia. So, yeah, Ben, you're right. It, worst, quote, worst case, they go seven and five. That still wins it. Um, but I think they can sneak up on on some folks. I'm not saying they're going to beat Tennessee on the road, but they can scare them for sure. For me, it's a high variance team where they could go five and seven, or they could go eight and four. And it all for me comes down to to, to Rattler. What are you going to get out of him? Is he the guy that that beat Tennessee and Clemson, or is he the guy that you know throws four picks yeah. and ends up costing his team I mean, the game? We didn't even yeah. talk about that. We talked about carving up Clemson. I mean, he embarrassed Tennessee last year. He threw six yeah, yeah. touchdowns. It was sixty-three on them or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Man. I know. Hendon Hooker got hurt, but they were. They were dog walking him before that. Yeah, Hendon Hooker wasn't going to stop those sixty points though from from being put on him. Mm-mm. It's just you just hate to see you when Tennessee gets rolled like that. But you really um, Yeah, so it's a it's really a bet on Rattler. And if you think he yeah is you know has matured and progressed and developed um, as a quarterback, then yeah, I think if look at that's true, Zach. You sail over this. I think the downside is obviously you know he, he's still turnover prone and is a head case and the train could get off the tracks quickly. They had some portal attrition, as you mentioned, they lost some dudes in the portal. They picked up some dudes too, but they lost yeah. a couple of, of, of studs. Yeah. One on Jaheim, the story. Yeah. Jaheim Bell is a big loss. Yeah. To Florida state. And then the defensive lineman, five-star kid to Oregon. That's a killer. Um, so I think the front seven is going to be a little softer than they were expecting going into the season, but um, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean they can't be good. Uh, I really do think. Oh, they also lost Stogner, which is weird. He went back to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's interesting. They got Trey uh, Knox, though. We'll see. Yeah. Exa- exactly. I, um. You can you, you can say ah, this doesn't mean anything because it's media days. But when I was there, Beamer did the script in the opening statement. He ran through all the NIL stuff and how he's excited about so and so and blah blah blah. You know, our GPA and it's the highest ever been. But when people asked him actual football questions, very pointed, very confident, no hesitation responses. And in the breakout sessions, Rattler was super composed and seemed very, very confident with everything he said. That could mean absolutely nothing. It could just mean that Spencer Rattler is just good at media because he's been interviewed since he was a sophomore in high school. But I do think there's something to take from that where they are very confident and excited about this team. And as Ben said, the schedule is not the easiest, but again, if Rattler can do what he did in those two games last year, if he can find that nine games out of the 12 in the regular season, they're going to be okay. Yeah, I agree. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love. The Ole Miss Rebels. 
your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, round two. Uh, do we want to we want to just keep going back around or do we want to, do, we want to snake it? Let's snake it. Nick, you ready? Yes, or Zach, I should say. Yeah. Um, I am going to go. Hmm. Indiana got me last year. I went under four wins. And damn, Tom Allen got it done. And Ben went over eight and a half with Notre Dame last year, and they got it done. Uh, or, or did not get it done, I should say. They went under eight and a half. I guess I'm going to hit that line double down. I'm going to go <laughs> under eight and a half Notre Dame this year. Mm. Kind of like it. I don't. Uh, Sam Hartman's a dude, but I don't think he can fix everything. I don't really know what I feel about Marcus Freeman yet. He seems like an incredibly likable guy. I question his. I was going to say this. I need to take a step back here and go back to my original pick. One thing that's questionable decision-making with Spencer Rattler, the dude got a matte black G-Wagon through an NIL deal. You're driving a black G-Wagon in Columbia, South Carolina? Come on, dude. That's stupid. Um, But Marcus Freeman, decision-making. The dude's got like nine kids. I mean, come on, dude. That's too many. Um, He's another dang. That checks out. (laughs) Uh, I, I like him. I think he's a, I think he's a, he seems like a hell of a guy to go and sit and have a couple beers with and, and split a basket of wings. I don't know if they can win nine games. Um, and I haven't even taken a look at their schedule. I just don't really believe in them. They, I mean, Nick, who did they lose to last year? That was a joke. Um, Marshall. Marshall in here. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, it seems like ever since Charlie Weiss left, they've just underachieved badly. Um, the schedule this year is not kind. You got Navy, you got Notre Dame, uh, NC State, you got Ohio State, a Duke team that's not going to be a pushover. Louisville's not going to be a pushover. You play Southern Cal, you play Pitt, you play Clemson, Wake that, you know, grudge match against your old quarterback and then you got Stanford who's probably going to be lifeless but still got a you know it's a rivalry game whatever they they lost to Stanford last year by the way <laughs> yeah, yeah um I I don't know I this was one when I was looking at the list of totals and it popped out to me and I'm just going to go with my gut here I'm going because again they can go eight and four and I and I and I lick it so mm-hmm. Um, I'm going under. I Marcus Freeman, hell of a hell of a coordinator, but I just don't think he's a head coach. And Notre Dame's a tough job. Um, 
Also, join a damn conference. Stop with this bullshit. Just join Jeez, the ACC. Seriously. It's it's so annoying. But yeah, I under eight and a half for Notre Dame. I like it, man. I like Hartman, or I liked him at Wake rather. But I think that's because Clawson was at Wake. Hartman, the more Clawson. often, than, yeah, yeah. I mean, more often than not, Hartman was an impediment to Wake. I mean, they had he had six turnovers in one quarter last year against Louisville on a game that yeah. I happened to be back in Wake. It was the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I think life. we all were. Yeah, just unbelievably bad. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think their success at Wake was a result of Clawson more so than it was Hartman. Um, I think he's a decent quarterback, but like I don't think he's a giant upgrade to what Notre Dame's had there over the last few years. And even if he is, who is he throwing to? They don't have weapons on the outside. They don't take shots down the field like they did at Wake. I mean, he's going to throw to tight ends, and he's going to turn around and hand the ball off, and Notre Dame's going to try to win games, you know, 27-24 or whatever. Like I, who's, their, I just, who's their tight end? They always have a badass tight end. I don't know he, if that kid's back this year. Is he gone? Um, I feel like he's gone. Great pod. Who was – <laughs> I was going to say the thing about Notre Dame is, like, there's, there's, there's not many games. Like, Ole Miss this year is absolutely going to beat Mercer and absolutely going to beat ULM. And I mean that – okay, I mean, I guess, obviously, I, I guess that's – the point is that we played ULM and Mercer both 100 times. Hell, if we played – they're all star team 100 times. The, the two teams combined this year would probably go 100 and up. I mean, there's just mm. a difference in talent between those two teams. And it's not Jackson State. Notre Dame doesn't really have those teams on the schedule. They've got like, you know, three or four really tough games and then like seven toss ups and then like two should wins. They don't have any two like guaranteed built in locks of the century on their schedule. And that's the problem when you don't have like an elite team and you've got like nine toss-up games, well, you got to put that, that coin tail in on head a lot, on head a lot to get, you know, to get to seven minutes or whatever it is. So, yeah, that, they do, you know. they do have one guaranteed win. Tennessee now, State. Yeah, TSU. Yeah. Um, that, okay, that, this is the first year or one of the first years they've added the FCS. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. I forgot about yeah. that. But, I mean, that's one still. I mean, that extra yeah. one win to these different teams. Right. Yeah, and then the next week after Tennessee State, they go to NC State. So, I mean, yeah. the next point, like that NC State, that, that's exactly the type of team you're talking about, Nick, where NC State is not like a sure loss for Notre Dame, but they're damn sure not a sure win either. Yeah, right. no, no, there's no doubt. Um, Absolutely. And also you have to remember, too, I mean, like who is NC State circling on their schedule? I mean, they're 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 mm-hmm. circling at UNC. Or mm-hmm. they want to be UNC. I don't know if they play Clemson. I haven't looked at their schedule. But Notre Dame is almost certainly a team that someone like NC State circles. I mean, so, coming to town, that's pretty cool. The tight end we were talking about, Michael Meyer, he was the first consensus All American in program history since Ken McAfee in 1976. Damn that dude man. had that dude had over two thousand receiving yards and eighteen touchdowns in three years. Yeah, and he's good, but I mean, like, you know, how many games is a tight end going to single handedly win? Not very many. He, uh, yeah, I mean, he tried to bail him out all year last year. Yeah, I mean, he was a monster. Um, but he's gone. Like, I and look, Tyler Buckner left to go to Bama. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you go get Sam Hartman, but yeah, I mean, is he going to be? a shell of himself or is he going to win you games? I, I, again, I just, 
like Nick said, there's just so many toss-ups. Like, are you going to win every toss-up? And I'm betting no. I'm with you. Speaking of Notre Dame, if you don't see out of mind, I'm going to go ahead and give you my next lock. If the team they're in starts with, in Dublin, I'm going under – let me make sure I've got this line right because I just lost it. Under six and a half for the Naval Academy. And I hate to do it. I hate to hate the troops. Me and Paul Skeens, we're both, we're both hating the troops out here. But they've got Notre Dame. They've got a, a sure win in Wagner. And I'm just going to read them off. I'm not going to say when. But it's Memphis and USF, North Texas and Charlotte, Air Force, UAB, East Carolina, SMU, and then Army. Point being is that they've got to get a lot of wins against teams that they are not appreciably better than. Right, so you, you know, going through that list, there's only really one team on there that you would maybe two with Charlotte. You would say, yeah, Navy is definitively better. Oh, also, do y'all know who the coach is at, at the Naval Academy now? I can't no remember idea. the dude's name. It's not Niamatololo. It's Brian is, Newberry. Okay, from Kennesaw State. Is that right? That's right. And they, and they're they're trying to switch to a scene that's more passing. Let me tell you what happens when you try and go from running the triple option to a passing attack mm. the following year. You suck. Yeah. Not and good. I don't see any way they're winning seven games. I mean, not with that schedule. Again, I mean, like I just mentioned, they've got – let's just call Charlotte a definitive win, even though it's on the road. They've got two easy wins, an Air Force team that's pretty good, a Temple team that's going to be pretty good, I think a Memphis team that will be decent, you know, a lock of the century loss to Notre Dame, I think, at the beginning of the year. I mean, that's, a, you know, that's, that's asking a lot out of a new coach at the Naval Academy when you really don't have, like, you know, true depth. And, and also, I don't really know what this whole, you know, transfer portal was doing to Navy. So I have to think mm-hmm. that you know, Navy and Army and Air Force are all probably being a little bit hurt because their guys can probably leave those three schools pretty easily. But I have to imagine it's pretty difficult to, you know, for Navy to go out to SNU and pick out their quarterbacks as the seniors. Because I don't think you can transfer into the Naval Academy as the seniors. I think it's probably going to hurt them a little bit. So under six and a half for Navy, I, I, I honestly feel better than I do about that six and a half do after. Yeah, I like it. The transition away from the triple is always hard for any team. I mean, see Georgia Tech, you know, when they when Paul yeah. Johnson left. But I think it's especially hard for a roster like Navy's. I mean, there are no athletes on the roster. There are very few athletes. Let me put it that way. Very few athletes, period, on the roster. So it's not like you even have some fast dudes that you can figure out. You know, we'll figure out a way to get them the ball. Those guys are just not on this roster. Yeah, you can't I mean, you can't get a quarterback in year one. And I, I know they've been better in the last couple of years passing the ball, but, again, I just you know, why? see it. You, you recruited that. Why are they doing that? I mean, I, mean, I, I get it's a new coach, but, like, that's been think, the identity of that program for what three decades? Ever, yeah, think, forever. Ever since the start of football. Like, well, I think, I think the problem is, is the Army's doing it better than they are, and there's only so many players that can play the triple option in in America, and, and they're losing them to Army. So well, Air Force, Air Force is better than all of them. I mean, Air Force was yeah. the only team that. Am I right? Was it Air Force or Army that ran for more yards than Ole Miss last year? It was Air Force. Air Force. So yeah, yeah. there's only so many players that, that can play that scene. Troy Calhoun, baby. Maybe easier. And it's also the rule change, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think triple option teams have been hurt by well, recent rule blocking. changes. You can't yeah. block like, yeah. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, you can't cut from outside the box. I, you can't come from outside the box in and cut yeah. down, you know, a defensive yeah. end, um, which obviously makes it a I've lot been, more difficult to run the triple. 
that's probably why it will never happen. But I've said for years that Vanderbilt should have just tried to give Troy Calhoun all the money and just been like, hey, we'll give you three yeah. years to just turn this program around into a triple option team and just make it absolutely hell for SEC teams one week out of the year. God, I'm glad they didn't do that. That would have been miserable for us. But my God, when you run the triple option well, it is poetry. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoiza Fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. For my second pick, this is also going to be a little warm. Um, all right, let's go to uh, Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm actually going to take over seven and a half. I like it, man. I like it. I thought you were going the other way. I like it. Yeah. All right, look, they're going to start out. Four. They're going to start out five and zero. Oh, okay. They they play. Look at this schedule. They play New Mexico at home, at Miami, ULM at home, Auburn at home, and Arkansas at Jerry World, who they yeah. seem to own. So, 5-0. and oh, I mean, then they get Alabama at home. Let's just give them a loss to Alabama and at Tennessee. But they get South Carolina at home. They come to Ole Miss. They get State at home, Abilene Christian. So, I mean, I'm looking at 4-0 oh, easy in the non-conference. Uh well, I mean, I say easy to play at Miami, but they get Auburn home. That's a fifth win because Auburn's not going to – they're not going to know how to win. Even if even if Freeze pulls off a great year next year, that's just too early going to going to uh, Kyle Field. So, you're looking at a SEC win there. They're going to beat Arkansas. They're going to beat State at home. That's seven. I mean, they're cruising into eight wins. If they win in Oxford, you're looking at nine. So They um, win in Oxford. But I know, but I'm I'm just saying, like, I think that they get to eight comfortably. The line has really moved to eight and a half at some places, but the, the odds get way bad. So, but you could still get seven and a half. So, give me over seven and but, a half for eight. Um, I mean, but, but eight and four there, and they're going to be livid. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and but also think of it this way. This is just the way I'm looking at it. A&M's preseason win total just keeps coming down. Like eventually they're going to hit the over because I'm going to say two or three years ago, it was probably nine and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now it's just the, it's like the odds makers keep walking it down because they're the running joke is they're now Texas eight and four. Right. But that 2022 class that was number one in the world, they're older now. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. even if some of those guys transferred away, Connor Wegman, Wegman, however you say his last name, isn't Mm -hmm. a bad player. So, I, I just think there's just going to be too much talent. They're eventually going to get to eight wins. They get 
State and Auburn at home. Those are good, winnable home games. Even though State does own A&M, they still get them at home later. So you take those two plus the non-conference, you're already at six. You just got to find two more. You play in Oxford. I think uh, they play Carolina at home. So split those, you get yeah. to seven. There's you're just gonna find eight. That's just this. There you're there with it. Yeah, it's a sneaky tough run late in the year because you go. Uh, I guess well, middle to late in the year, you got Auburn, Arkansas, Bama, Tennessee. Then you have a bye. Then you go South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and then you have a, you know cupcake and abilene christian before lsu but um my thing i think this is a good pick because i do think they can sleepwalk to eight and four Mm -hmm. um but man i am just i am i have the belt and the syringe ready and i'm going to start just (laughs) preparing that vein for when bobby petrino and jimbo fisher are fighting on the sideline about play calling it It is going to happen the stress game is if they go to Miami and lose, the oh. the will the wills are on the the whole program is yeah. unhinged at that point. Oh my god! If that happens, I mean it's going to be fire Jimbo make make Bobby the interim immediately. I'll give you one more. If they go to Miami and lose, they're going to come back and in two weeks get that ass whipped by Auburn. Oh boy, here we go. They'll be. Yeah, I, I know that's like that, Breeze will smell blood in the water on that. Oh my God! Yeah, he will. He I'll tell will you this: win there. Yes, I'll correct. tell you this: I've been there. I, I'm assuming all of y'all have been to a game at Kyle Field, right? No, I haven't. Yeah, ben, Nick, hearing, have y'all been there? Was there in fifteen? When okay. Cody Pruitt takes it. Oh yeah. When it's, that. It's if somebody goes in there and punches them in the mouth, it mm-hmm. gets quiet. As many damn weirdos they pile into that place. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year when Ole Miss kind of hit them in the mouth a little bit, and then that game was closer. It, well, the score made it look closer than it was, but um, there were a couple long methodical drives when Ole Miss just pounded them with the with Quinchon Jenkins and Zach Evans, as many people as they have in there, it gets a lot of hand sitters and a lot of nervous energy. Yeah, yeah. If they lose in Miami gardens at hard rock, they're going to be some nervous people for Auburn. And let me remind y'all, not that you need to be reminded who's the AD at AM and who is <laughs> Auburn's head coach. Uh, not that circling a game ultimately matters but freeze is going to have a few circled this year that's going to be one of them now the talent differential is huge and if AM is rolling they may just blow auburn out but if they're if if they have already lost hope by that point in the season i'm with ben freeze may embarrass them ben i i think this is a good pick because the hope is that offensively petrino and wegman are That's it. copacetic and like they will just wheel and deal because I mean Bobby Petrino is up there with Lane Kiffin in terms of offensive genius yeah. cachet 
Correct. Yeah. He's the if, top five offensive coach in yeah, college football. Absolutely. Like a legitimate one, not like a Jimbo Fisher fake one. Yeah. If Jimbo will just shut up and get out of the way, they, yep. they're going to be fine. It really is that. Not only will they be fine, dude, if, if Petrino actually gets to call the offense, they may be like a 10-11 win team. They are as talented as anybody in the SEC except Georgia. Um, yeah. You know, maybe Bama has a slight edge, a slight mm-hmm. edge, but not much. Oh, on paper, legitimately, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, they've got weapons everywhere, man. Their wide receiving core is incredible. Their offensive line is seasoned. They've got dudes on the oh, defensive dude. line. Evan linebacker. Stewart is yeah. a monster at receiver. Yeah, it really is as simple as give Petrino the keys to the Lamborghini and get out of the way. He's it, not going to be able to do that. And he's he may not, not they, they may not be able to do that. Uh, Jimbo may not be able to do that. But if he does, see, I've always oh, yeah. thought it's funny. The argument for AM to be a championship contender, I've always thought it was hilarious because people love to say, well, at some point, the talent just takes over. And I think that's ridiculous. And there are plenty of teams that belie that notion. Penn State's one, AM is one, where the yeah. talent, the talent cannot get you to a Michigan. championship alone. But it look, it can damn sure get you to eight wins. That's all we're asking for. Just eight wins. Yeah, correct. Like it, as Zach said, they're going to sleepwalk to eight and four. I mean, they can get I, to eight and four and lose to both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Yeah. I mean, there's just too many winnable games on the schedule. Their their draw is too good, and they're and it it's laid out too good. I mean, you know, but make no mistake. It's my opinion for Ole Miss to remain in the in the upper quadrant of the league, Bobby Petrino does not need to call plays for A&M. Agree. Yeah. They, we need to be cheering for Jimbo to stay hard-headed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they figure it out, everybody's screwed. Yeah. Now, they also can't seem to figure out the IRS, so that could also be a thing. Right. Um, <laughs> All right, Austin. I, all right, I'm going to uh, I'm going to continue the hater theme for my picks tonight. Um, and see, I like this team. I like to root for this team, but this number is just I I can't see it. Oregon State at eight and a half. I think that's ridiculous. I like their head coach. I know they got DJ transferred in from Clemson, um, but I think that's a I think it's a it's a significant overreaction to a good season last year. Um, and I know they're going to be the darlings probably of college football because they've kind of got left behind in the Pac-12 and people want them, you know, want to root for them. They're kind of a, a feel-good story. But this program traditionally, eight and four would have been like cause for a parade at Oregon State. You set the market at eight and a half and I can win with an eight and four. That's an easy decision on a program like this. Um, I do not trust DJ. I know that Clemson's offense was, you know, in the Stone Age. They were not sophisticated. But who do you think has a more talented offensive roster or had Clemson at that time or Oregon State now? You know, the and their opponents really aren't going to be that much different from a talent standpoint. They're I mean, not. maybe Clemson plays a little bit tougher schedule, but the talent discrepancy is going to be even greater at Clemson than their opponents than Oregon state and theirs. Exactly. Talent differential is what you're talking about. That's exactly, exactly, exactly my point. Exactly. Like where, you know, Washington state is not a a super talented team, but they're definitely closer to Oregon state than they are Clemson, you know? Um, And their schedule doesn't do them any favors. They, 
They go to Washington State, probably a, a win for them. But then after that, they come home for Utah, who at that point we're probably going to have a healthy Cam Rising. They go on the road to Cal. That's probably a win. But they come back to UCLA after their bye week. They're on the road, Arkansas. I'm sorry, Arizona and Colorado back to back. Stanford again, probably win two out of those three. But then at Washington, no, I'm sorry, Washington is at home. But Washington is like a top ten team this year, and then on the road at Oregon. Um, I, I just I just think the way the schedule sets up. Now look, they do avoid USC, so that's a huge win for them. But I think trading or, or getting Utah, rather, um, I think they ducked them last year. I think they ducked a couple. Of, I, I think they ducked Washington last year as well. I'm not positive about that. But in any event, I just don't think this is a roster that you can roll out there and expect a 9-3 and three on. Um, I really like their coach. Um, I like what they're doing. I think DJ is a serviceable quarterback. But I don't think he's a 9-3 and three quarterback, even in a conference that's not um, elite. Uh, well, I, here's the thing about the, the Pac-12 that's interesting. At the top, the top end of the Pac-12 is as good as anybody in the country with yeah. USC, Utah, arguably Oregon. Um, it's it's the bottom that gets it, it gets bad quickly. But that that soft middle, that's where Oregon State lives. And it's kind of similar to, to um, Ben's point about Notre Dame. And uh, I think Nick mentioned it too, where when you have a lot of toss-ups, you're asking for, you know, 80 or 90% of those toss-ups to go your way for a program like this to hit the nine and three mark. So um, I like them as a program. This is one I wouldn't mind being wrong on because I kind of like for them to stick it to some of their Pac-12 brethren that are leaving them behind. But I just, I don't see it. I, I think eight and four is charitable and that's a win yeah. for us at eight and a half. I love Jonathan Smith and what he's done. Um, yeah, he's a good coach. Oregon State alum, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, the you know you're they could start three or four and zero, but then they're mm-hmm. just going to hit a skid, man. Where so? Yeah. So Austin, you're not buying the the storyline of well, DJ Uyunglele is out of Clemson. Like all no. the the pressure's <laughs> off. Like he's going to be cooking. Like. I'm kind of with you. I, I think he might just be a bust. Um, just because that worked for Stidham doesn't mean yeah. it's going to work. I mean, that Stidham went out is, and has done well at Oregon because Auburn wasn't way more talented than all of their opponents. DJ was playing with, like, Alabama players against, yeah, yeah, against yeah. North Carolina State and exactly. wasn't doing well. Exactly. And look, I, I'm not even saying he's going to be bad out there. I just don't think he alone is going to carry a roster like this to no, nine or ten wins. Becker, yeah, he's not becoming the Heisman Trophy candidate. E- exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, Austin, All right. you're going to go again. Snake it back we around. Finish the state. All right, let's let's finish it off right. What's Tennessee's number? It is nine and a half under. All this day. is the Whoa. absolute hate parade. It is. Whoa. Alone. <laughs> Under. State, Tennessee, in the same podcast. Under. Uh, for, God, you asshole. Uh, I was going to take them over. <laughs> See, I, look, I'd like to say for, okay, well, let's talk, let's chop it up then. Okay. okay. <laughs> there is, there is no way that they are better offensively than they were last year. None. Like, that's, it's not possible. Yeah. They but, lost the receiver, man. That's, 
they lost. Yeah, they lost a first round pick at tackle, right? They lost a first round or second round receiver, and they lost Hooker at quarterback. You um, can get nine, by the way. Well, I'm going under, so give me the hook. Oh, never mind. Hook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's no way that they're better offensively. This is not going to happen. Defensively, they they lost the one dude they had on that side of the ball as well. They also lost their offensive coordinator, and I know it's Heupel's offense, and he's perfectly capable of running it. But I mean, the dude that went to UCF, I, I mean, he had earned his stripes. He was a really good play caller. Um, and I don't know who took over. I think they made an internal hire, which again, it'll be a system guy, and it's a system predicated offense. You're not necessarily dependent on you know overly complex concepts. You're, you know, asking a quarterback to make a timing throw to a wide open receiver. I get that, but dude, this is Milton's third stop, third chance to try to be you know what everybody expected him to be. He's just at what point do we all realize he's not that guy? He's just not that dude. Um, He's got a better arm than Hooker, but bigger arm. I'll say that, a bigger arm. But Hooker bailed him out a lot. Hooker was a lot like Corral in his last year, and that he bailed Tennessee yeah. out a lot with his legs. That is not Milton's game at all. Um, Man, I love this pick, to be so honest with you. Let's just Man. look at the schedule. So that's, we're talking about personnel. Now let's look at the schedule. First of all, they got, a, they got a tricky one, a really tricky one in a sandwich spot that's interesting. They go, okay, they go yeah. to Florida, probably going to win that. Then yes. they have UTSA. UTSA comes to Knoxville before South Carolina comes to Knoxville. South Carolina beat the shit out of Tennessee last year. Tennessee will want that South Carolina game. UTSA is not a team that you should expect to just roll your helmet out there and beat. That's Frank a tricky Harris. one. Exactly, Frank Harris. All right, I'm high on A&M this year, as, as you can probably tell after you know Ben's pick. So after Tennessee's bye, they get A&M in Knoxville. I think A&M can beat them. They go to Bama, again, another revenge spot, right after the A&M game, before the Kentucky game. I think Kentucky is really good this year. I think Kentucky upgraded at quarterback. I think I got a better quarterback. They get their offensive coordinator back from two years ago who put up numbers with Levis um, two years prior, Liam Cohen, who was at the Rams last year. He's back now at Kentucky. Kentucky's receiving core is what, top two in the SEC, top three? I think oh, Kentucky, man, what's his name? He's one of the best players. Yeah. Who, who do they have the besides Barry and Brown? Key, yeah. right? The key kid um, who torched Florida last year. Um, so, look, I think Tennessee loses at Kentucky. And then that mm. we haven't even talked about Georgia yet. They finished the year Oh, I thought you were going to talk about UConn. <laughs> so, so, let's see, November 18th, they're, they get Georgia in Neyland. If they're already at, like, four losses by that point georgia's gonna beat them by 30 they will have quit so i i just again we're talking about clear downgrades at positions of like of consequence at, at tackle at quarterback at receiver in this offense at defensive end all those positions are premium positions and tennessee is not recruited at a level to replace those immediately now maybe nico gets there in a couple years and they probably have some dude brew mccoy is fine he's fine but i just Again, you're you're asking for ten to beat yeah. me here, nine and three, and I win. You know what's what's interesting is is even if let's just say they quote unquote play pretty much the perfect year, they're going to lose at Alabama and to Georgia, so they're starting out ten and two. Right. All you've got to do is have Alabama beat them twice, in that they lose at Kentucky the next week, who is objectively more physical than Tennessee, plays yeah. a more physical game, and then 
that's but that's also two weeks after they play a and m at home yeah i mean there's just a lot there are a lot of of slip you know holes in the schedule i i mean let's don't get it twisted they still have to go to florida who's yeah. not good but they have to go to the swamp and win that's not easy to do did let's, utah even do that last year i think florida beat utah at home last year florida beat utah last year and do you remember that florida gave tennessee all they wanted in neyland last year that's what I'm saying. It's not like they're just that much more talented than Florida. And and that's Tennessee with Hendon Hooker. Yeah. So this is another one where, like with Florida State, you know, I think maybe you wait till a couple, you know, a week out maybe from from the first game. Because this may go to 10 um, with all the Tennessee love in the market. And at 10, it's a, again, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer because, as Ben said, they're starting 10 and 2. You're starting with a push. Oh, yeah. You're starting at a push. That's exactly right. I Look, I love to hate on Tennessee as much as the next guy. <laughs> I think they go 10-2. I, I think they're losing to Bama and Georgia. Look, I, I think Heupel's the real deal. I think he can legitimately make them a household name and can make them relevant again for the first time in what 25 years i'm trying to feels like 98 i'm trying to do math um i don't know i mean i think the opening look i frank harris and the roadrunners are going to scare them but they're not going to lose so you're looking at 4-0 4-0 going into South Carolina. That's a rematch, or not a rematch, a, a grudge match after they got embarrassed at home. A&M's at home. I mean, you're looking at possibly, what, 6-0 going to Tuscaloosa, and that's going to be potentially a top-five matchup. Um, I know Kentucky's going to be better. Liam Cohen's going to make them better offensively. Uh, the, the quarterback Dude, from it from NC yeah. State. What's what's his Larry? Larry is better than Levis. Don't tell people in Nashville that, but um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't hate the pick. Like this is kind of like Ben's pick with Florida State. Um, where yeah, maybe they slip up and they go nine and three. Um, I don't know. I look again. I can't stand the fact that they are good again. It's it's so terrible for my day to day because I have to hear about it. I just I think they're going to be really good again. I'll say this another another thing I'm interested in seeing is how Hypel manages the hype, and that's a terrible pun, but you, you get my point. Where like they yeah. were ascendant, they were ascendant, they were rising. Everybody expected them to be good last year, and they were good last year. And now the market and the, you know the gambling the gambling world, Tennessee fans, everybody just assumes that we're now just on this new tier. And I think it's a mistake to assume that we can just put it on autopilot and expect Tennessee to be a 10 and two team from here on out. We have no reason to think that like they've not done that in 20 years. Oh, they're the, they're the hunted now. Exactly. Um, Exactly. So yeah, not, I mean, again, nine and three, you you lick it. Um, It, it, look, I, I'm, I'm, clawing at my kneecaps right now saying this but i do think they're going to be good this year nine and three is good though that, right, yeah it is to, it is i'm gonna have an indirect hate parade here 
for my third and final pick. Here we go. Um, what can I get on UCF? Oh God. <laughs> I think talking, I can are get you talking are you talking Billy Joel? Are you talking Billy Joel down there? I'm talking I'm talking about the piano <laughs> man himself. Six and a half. Yeah, can I get more than that? Oh, I don't know. I'm only looking at betting. Can I get like seven? Anybody got seven? I think I can get seven per Vegas Insider, and I think it's on, and I don't even know what site that is, Caesars. So I can get seven at Caesars. I'm going to take under seven for yeah, UCF. Okay. Um, Gus Malzahn has given up play calling to to move to a more uh, pass-happy offense. And but yet they're going to. I think they hired Darren Henshaw so they could throw the football around. Yet they're going to keep John Rice Plumley at quarterback. Yeah, that doesn't really sit well for me. They're moving to the, they're moving to the Big Twelve and UCF. I don't know if y'all know this, but isn't necessarily close to Lubbock, and they play a lot of road games in at unfriendly places they play at kansas state they play at oklahoma they play at texas tech um they get at baylor at home. they play at cincinnati um at I, boise I'm, week two at boise this, this is, is a brutal brutal travel schedule man yeah yeah and um just to keep in perspective Plumlee at cincinnati is still still really can't throw he completed 60 percent of his pass last year for 2500 yards um, Orlando to Boise run. is going to be thirty five hundred miles. That's it's ridiculous. <laughs> and so, I mean, I don't. People don't appreciate how long the state of Florida is. Um, it, Dude, I, don't, I don't think is it's properly there. represented on a map. To be honest with you, uh, imagine but, imagine that. I mean, they're going to have to get private planes because the amount of white people that they're going to have to navigate around in the airport that are going to Disney World every time they get on a plane. <laughs> MCO baby, it's going to be packed. God, uh, geez, I thought that was miserable. I thought that was a shot at Boise for a second. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean, dang. Just everybody going to, to everybody going to everybody going to Disney World in November from Orlando to Boise in November. But no, they um, I I, I don't like the night schedule. I don't hate Gus Malzahn, and I think he's probably. But here's the thing, though, Gus Mal. I mean, we're talking about a team that. For one, went eight and five last year, but in the in the AAC, mm-hmm. Gus Miles on those back to back to coaching against coaches who are on his same level. That's right. Mm-hmm. And this, this is, is a step not, up. Yeah, yeah. UCF is a cute and sometimes very good program. Um, all jokes aside about Plumley, he's a very fast runner. He is not a Power Five quarterback, and um, I, I just don't see. I don't see over. I mean, maybe maybe they hit seven and five and push. I don't see eight and four in the Big Twelve in year one. No. So uh, give me and under seven, dude. That that game in Lubbock, that's gonna be a hell. Yeah, at that time of the year too, man. November eighteenth, dude. You get on a plane to fly to Lubbock. Jesus. <laughs> shout out! Shout out to my boy Cody Belair and his homeboy Joey McGuire. The Red Raiders are gonna be kind of fun. No, I think they're going to be pretty spicy. Um, they might win the Big Twelve. <laughs> they really might, dude. They're they're going to be good. That's a good pick, Ben. 
Dude, yeah, I like that. What I mean, how many years are we away? And maybe I'm forgetting it, but we can't be that far away from UCF being in the MAC. And here they are in the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's a major step up. They were yes, they were in the MAC in 2004. We're less than 20 say. years from the MAC, and they're in the Big Twelve. <laughs> they yeah, went Conf- MAC Conference, Conference USA. USA. Yeah, man, they were Conference USA 05 to 12. AAC for nine years and now yeah what a what a what a glow up now look long term I would buy UCF stock long term me, me too oh me you know, too they're in a talent rich yeah. state it's an easy school to get into they're recruiting like hell right now yeah they've gotten yeah. I think I think this week alone or maybe last week they got the two highest commits ever in program history well yeah I mean they're plus their enrollment I mean shit their alumni base has to be a million people like their enrollment's what like 50,000 kids Oh, yeah, it's more. It's humongous. 65,000. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a candidate for, well, obviously the Big 12 scoop them up, but they're a candidate for absolutely power five, like continually rising. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd buy stock in them now, but you're right. This year, it's a step up, man. They're they're not built for a schedule like this right out of the gate. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Especially right. that trap. I mean, like, let's let's call it what it is. You get on an airplane and go five hours somewhere. That's not the same as as an hour and a half flight or a bus ride. No. It's just not. To which in yeah. two to two or three time zones. Yeah, Think about how Ole Miss acts when we fly out to Cal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, Nick. Go ahead, what we Nick. got. All right, I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I have no idea how, you know, if we're doing a snake draft here, how this made it to the 11th pick out of 12. But um, this is the easiest one on the board. I'm getting plus odds on it. Georgia over 11 and a half. I, I mean, they're, they're going undefeated. I mean, if you look at their schedule, there's only a couple losable games, okay? I, I mean, I'm not going to talk non-conference because they're winning all of those. But their road games are at Auburn. Perfect. At Vanderbilt, perfect. Uh, and I, I guess that, that that's all – well, and then there's one more I'm going to get to here in just a second. But, but the point is, is that they only have three true road games in the SEC because that Florida game is obviously in Jacksonville. So they've got Florida, who's not going to be great. And the only road game I'm worried about here is that one late in the year at Tennessee. It, again, it, it kind of does come off the back of the Ole Miss game. So maybe their two biggest games are in back-to-back weeks. But that's it. Every other like middling game is at home. They've got South Carolina at home. They've got Kentucky at home. They've got a Missouri at home. And again, Florida in a neutral site. I don't see a team that's beating them. If you guys don't think Tennessee's beating them, I mean, I'm sorry, you know, to Ole Miss. I don't think Ole Miss is beating them. So I'm getting plus odds to take basically well, Ole Miss and Tennessee not beating them. I'm I don't doing think. That. I don't think that a school has ever gone three straight years 12 and 0 in the regular season and this would be I mean, that for Georgia. I, I agree but you know everyone talks procedurally like it's just a tough pick sure it, it just everyone loves to talk about well the SEC schedule is so tough and it, it is tough for most teams but when you take the best team in the country off the schedule which is what you have to do because you're Georgia the, that schedule gets a lot easier like Tennessee schedule is way harder than Georgia's because Georgia's on it and Georgia doesn't have the you know negative benefits of of, of having to play Georgia. I, again, their toughest games are Ole Miss and Tennessee. That's it. I mean, I don't 
I don't know that there will be another team within 15 points of them in the spreads, will there? So it's going to take a, a monumental upset if it's not one of those two teams. And I don't think Ole Miss is doing it. Not in Athens, their biggest game of the year, November 11th. And then I don't think that Tennessee's doing it. I mean, we just talked about what Tennessee lost off last year's team. I understand what you're saying about the whole 12-0 and deal, but, I mean, no team's done it. Bama didn't ever do it, but who is Bama playing? They're playing Auburn that had some talent. They're playing those Ole Miss teams that were pretty good. They're playing LSU, who was always pretty good. There were some good teams in the West. There's not that team in the East uh, outside of Tennessee. And, and, again, I just don't think Tennessee can do it. I, I mean, I think 11 and a half, I think, is – I feel better about that pick than any other pick we said all day. I'm just taking notes over here. Nick hates the troops and Ole Miss. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough to say. Like, I don't think Ole Miss can come close. But I mean, if you, what's the spread on that game right now? My, uh, Georgia minus like what? 16 and a half. Like Twenty and a half, seventeen and a half, maybe something. That's, that's a, a shit ton of yeah. points. Like, yeah. I mean, and and the, what's the spread at Tennessee? At best case, it's what Georgia minus ten. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, nine and a half. Seven and a half. I think that yeah, okay, Tennessee want, line's already out on game of the year. Let's you want to lay it with lay it for me, Ben? If you want to get I'll give you it's seven like and a half. Minus twelve and a half. You'll give you'll wait. I'll lay seven and a half with Georgia and you can take Tennessee. No. No. <laughs> That's what no you way asked. It's that low. No, my point is there's no way it's that low. It's there's no chance it's below ten. I think it's nine right now, game of the year, but let me nine, see if I can wow. find it. I mean, I'll tell you how the season's going for Georgia. I am I am booked. Like me and, and three buddies are going to that almost Georgia game. Airbnb is booked. We are trying Same. to find tickets right now. I am working every back channel, every back alley, every green text bubble I can find to try <laughs> to get a reasonable ticket price. That is their marquee home game. For yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that till tonight that that was their have their you, marquee you, home game. Uh, have you have game. you been on ticket sites for that game? It's insane. You got a lot of Ole Miss alum there in Georgia gear, dude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. The Ole Miss section should be happy. GA fans. We, we know one all too well. I, well, that'd I, be I just, just like home games for Ole Miss. Though, so that's cool. We'll be used to that. <laughs> um, so it was the, like it was like when they went to Texas and all the. Oh no 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 no! I'm an Ole Miss guy. I'm an Ole Miss guy. I, I don't pull for the horns. <laughs> so the game of the year look ahead right now: Georgia, Ole Miss, nineteen and a half; Georgia, Tennessee, eight and a half. And uh, I'm I think I was close. Rushing to bet Georgia at eight and a half. Oh yeah, yeah eight and a half. Yeah, run to the window. Now. I think we yeah. cover nineteen and a half. To be honest with you, matter that's fact, a big number. I think- I think that's Uh-oh. games close with them looking ahead to Tennessee, just being real. It is It is a weird look-ahead spot. I mean, I was telling people, like, if you're Ole Miss, you got to hope that you're, like, injury-free, make it fun, get out of there, you know, what, 47, 30? It's a free shot, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean you just go treat like that. We don't have – this is no offense to Jackson Dart because I think he's a great player, but we don't have that dude at quarterback that can go to Georgia and win. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. You, have you seen his mustache? Oh, I mean, it's it's luscious. His he's, hair still ro- is. he's still rocking the Jordan 11s. Come on now. But he, but dude, dude, dude. The knee brace. When's is the off? last time we won at Georgia? John Avery? Oof. 
I think oh, it was yeah, 96. Maybe. The pride of Senatobia. And and, and on that note, on, on that note, you know, it, it's not that it's not that I don't think I mean I think Dark may have been able to do it next year. You know what I'm saying? But but man, you gotta be some kind of special to and maybe they can get it done. That'd be awesome. I will say I this mean, one thing that concerns me about Georgia and Nick's pick is is you know, Stetson Bennett CPA is no longer taking snaps. Like Thank there's God. always gonna be some uncertainty when you bring in a new quarterback. There just is. Basically, I mean, you... Kirby Smart has given the keys to the Bugatti to Carson Beck. And he's like, All right, I need you in this house by ten thirty tonight. Well, here's the thing though, with Georgia that's a bad analogy because you know uh, well, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, wow. What a turn. Um, Choice. Um, I mean, I mean, all you got to do is just clean snaps under center, hand the ball off, and stay out of trouble. But, man, guys, Georgia almost – I know it didn't happen, but they Missouri. got all they wanted by Missouri last year. By Missouri? And, look, Ohio State – now, granted, Ohio State's an, an elite team. I'm not acting like Ohio State's on the same tier as Missouri. But, like, you know, they kind of got bailed out against Ohio State. And look, you're absolutely right. Missouri, Missouri, like, did everything Dude, Ohio State but had beat them. them. Yeah, yeah. Ohio State had them. I mean, what, they yeah. picked off Stetson Bennett, and they were, what, up 17-3, 14-3, and then went in and scored? Yeah, yeah. If Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt, it's a wrap. Which, how, yeah, in, the, how in the world that wasn't targeting, I, I still don't understand. That's just... It's neither here nor there, but Georgia is know. a great team that lost like seven or eight NFL starters on defense. Now they're going to reload. I get that, but you know that all I'm saying is all I'm saying is that's a look ahead spot, and and Ole Miss, frankly, could wear them down enough that Tennessee gets them the next week. So this could be true. It's an interesting. But I agree. It's the easiest schedule you could ever, they could ever want. Didn't they? Don't they catch Vandy from the West or from the? No, they play Vandy every year. Who's there? What other than us? Georgia? West opponent uh, at Auburn. Uh, Auburn. Who's Auburn. terrible? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that's still sneaky because that's a that is a rivalry. I mean, Auburn sucks. What, is so that? They what, be, what do they call that? Oldest oh, rivalry not- in the South. Yeah, and I mean, look, rivalry. Nothing sneaky about Auburn this year. If you're UGA, like I'm, I'm asleep on that. I don't know, man. That oh, one running back was filming everybody in there. You know, <laughs> dude, Kirby Smart getting their Kirby freak on. Smart is gonna hang. <laughs> Kirby Smart is gonna hang eighty on Hugh Freeze's he is. if he can. He is because the last time he saw Hugh, we put what forty on them. That's the be- biggest ass whipping I've ever seen. It's Chad Kelly. And I was there yeah. for the 08 Egg Bowl. No, yeah. there ain't been an SEC beatdown. I don't think Georgia's ever taken it off the chin like they did that day. Yeah. Dude, that was going to remember that one. Dude, that was back when I was still uh, officiating little, little Pop Warner games on Saturday. And I remember that in our group text. I was driving back to the house. Like I was heading home at like one o'clock or whatever. And y'all are just texting like, well, we scored again. Yeah. Well, we picked off Jacob Eason. Well, scored again. And I was like, 
damn, I got to get in the house and see what's happening. I mean, they were. Dude, people were leaving early because we were whipping that ass so bad, like the third quarter. Like, it was just, wasn't dude. even a game. Dude, and it was throw... hot as blue oh, hell. I could yeah. see and, and how hot it was on TV. It was hot. It was That's... so damn hot. And we were beating them, like, it was something like 31 nothing a half or 38 nothing a half. And it could have been worse, frankly. We shut yeah. it down. We was beat it... 45 to 7 or whatever it was and shut it down. Was it Quincy out of Boyd or Demarcus Lodge that caught that pass from Chad Kelly when he got out of a sack and then loaded was up and Lodge. threw it was Lodge seven did on one. Yeah, yeah. And the the sneaky thing on that play, go watch it after you listen to this podcast. How that's not roughing the passer and targeting? Yeah, it I don't just know. Is baffling. It's yeah, because it was like, Chad Kelly and because it was Georgia. Exactly, but the dude took two full steps and just rocks Chad. Um, man, Georgia got, I mean, they got hammered. That's the last bad loss they've taken. Yeah, oh, it really yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah. it was, it's that game in the, the where black to your funeral game against Bama. But that was before oh, that, yeah, right? If you oh, go yeah, that back was and look way at back. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go back and look at that, that wasn't like what we did to them. No, it thought, wasn't. But they and were – no. that was in Athens, and they were so hype. I had some law school friends who went to Georgia who were at that game who are, you know, Ole Miss yeah. fans other than when – like truly Ole Miss fans yeah. other than when, when Ole Miss plays Georgia. and they But they went to that game as Georgia fans, and we were like in the Grove afterwards, and they were like, oh, my God, dude. I It was so hot in there. And I didn't even notice how hot it was because we were beating them so badly. But they were miserable. Yeah, um Smart is going to remember that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh speaking of miserable, my last pick Austin, <laughs> you know where I'm going. Our boy KDB over in Seattle. Yeah. I like it. Michael Penix and as our boy Stephen Hartzell would say, and them boys. <laughs> I'm going over nine and a half with Washington. They are a sleeper college football playoff pick for me. They're good. I think they are 10 and two at worst. Um, Boise State at home win. Tulsa win. Michigan State dog win. Yeah. Cal, Arizona. I think they get Oregon at home. Arizona State's trash. Stanford's trash. Let's say they lose to SC. Utah gonna be a battle. I think they win it, and then you got Oregon State in the Apple Cup to finish. I mean, I I legit think that this is a ten and two, eleven and one team. DeBoer's a good coach, man. He's one of the best out there, dude. He, what he's done with Michael Penix is is remarkable. Yeah, I mean, just just insane how good he is. And They've got a top five receiving core in the country too. Really, really sneaky good receiving core. Nobody watches them in this part of the country because it's on the West Coast. But I'm telling you, their receivers, their receivers are would be like maybe the second or third best group in the SEC. Oh, Giles Jackson, Roma Dunze, Jalen mm-hmm. McMillan, uh, Jalen Polk um, is a young guy. Rasheed Williams is a young guy. They. Yeah, I mean, and DeBoer schemes them open, man. I mean, you'll see dudes running wide open. You know, there's not even another player on the screen with them. Um, it, yeah, Penix is perfect in that scheme. Um, they're good. I'm with you, dude. Look, they it's a dart throw, but to make the playoff, they got to be what like 75 to one or something. It's worth throwing like 20 bucks on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, 
they lost a weird one to UCLA last year on the road, but UCLA doesn't have DTR anymore. And then, I mean, my God, back to back, they lost twice and then lost a just a insanely bad game to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Beat Oregon in a classic. Um, they whipped, I mean, whipped everybody else. I mean, let's see. Mich- the Michigan State game was 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 kind of weird, but they beat Stanford like a drum. Arizona was a shootout, but they won. Cal was tight, but they won. I mean, that, that's the thing is like year one of DeBoer, they're winning these tight games that you got to win to be an elite. I mean, they they went eleven and two in year one. Mm, beat man, Texas that, in the Alamo Dome. I was way off with it to make the playoff. They the market loves them, dude. They're ah, plus five hundred. Okay plus 500 to make the playoff. So that tells you, um, yeah, the, the books think that Washington is going to be the, hell this year. I think Ryan Grubb, the OC, he's going to be a head coach pretty soon. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. some small, it's like a G5 school is going to pick him up. Um, Yeah, I, I love Penix. I love DeBoer. Um, you know, last hurrah in the Pac-12 before they go to the Big Ten. I... I I'm big on them. I mean, I even if they slip up and go ten and two, this that still gets me. So we're good. Mm-hmm. Any other parting words, hot takes before we uh, we head out of here? No, I'm man, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. just ready. Yeah, yeah, same, dude. Same, Ben. You were talking about it in the group text the other day. It just this feels like Christmas. You know, it can't get here. It is. Fast it, you you get from you go from like July fifteenth to or really July first. After after the fourth, let's just go there mm-hmm. until now. It's just the dog days, man. It's like, yep. can we get at least some preseason news? And and you really that's really not the same. And the unfortunate thing about college football, which it's fine, whatever, is that we get all these throwaway games too. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna get to go to the game and watch us play Mercer, and that's better than us not playing, but it isn't the same. I mean, mm-hmm. it'll be fun, but what are we really going to know about our team once we beat Mercer fifty to nothing? Anything? Yeah. yeah. No. So is Braylon I mean, Brown I, still I, a I, thing? I mean, I, <laughs> I it wouldn't hurt my feelings if you know a couple of players didn't even put their helmet on. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, but anyway, yeah, let Quinn him warm up and then and then I'm, sit him. That's I'm it. really I'm really upset. I expected more of this group for somebody. And I guess it could have been me, but I, I like my other three picks. Nobody went under 10 and a half for Bama. I thought about it and I will. I'm probably going to bet that in real life, but, um, you yeah, know, it's one of those things. They, their schedule lays out pretty good. Otherwise yeah. I would have done it. Like they hey. don't come to Oxford. If they came to Oxford, I'd probably do it. They don't, I think they get, LSU at home also. Let me let me pull it up. Um, oh yeah, they played in Baton Rouge last year. Uh, yeah. They get LSU at home. They get they Tennessee get Ole Miss at home. at home. They get Tennessee at home, and I they they, they go to go Auburn, but that doesn't to matter. To Kentucky and Auburn. Yeah, but they'll win both those games. <laughs> they, you know, I mean, dude, I, I just think I think it's a fair number. I, I can't really find value on either side. I, I see pros and cons. Hold on. You're kind of relying on state to upset them if you go under 10 and a half. Here's, or, well, September 9th. 
Allstate Crossbar Classic. Sandwich between MTSU and South Florida. You By the way, they go to horns. South Florida. They go to South Florida. Yeah, How which crazy is, is that? What is happening? What yeah. favor is is Saban got some tea times down there? What's the deal? I, I don't He's know. He's probably got some got some players from Tampa that he promised or something. Yeah. yeah. No, Texas, Texas might get them, man. Yeah. No, Texas sneaky, might get them. Sneaky. It's early. Y'all, y'all drinking. I'm just saying, if, if Quentin Ewers doesn't get hurt last year, they're in trouble. Oh, for sure. Dude, how many games did Bryce Young bail them out of last Every year? Game. The yeah. Ole Miss game. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, the Texas if they game. don't if they don't have Bryce Young in that game, Ole Miss wins by seventeen. Mm-hmm. Whoever their backup was, Milrow was that the mm-hmm. backup's name? Yeah, yeah. Man, if he had if he had played the court, play quarterback against Ole Miss, they were going to get run off the field. If I remember right, we were like up ten or fourteen to nothing at one yeah. point. Dude, we were the better team that day. We just didn't yeah, get it we done. We were. I mean that that game changed when Zach Evans got a concussion. Yep. Because Judkins was just gassed. On a non-targeting call, if I recall. Is that right? Yep. Didn't didn't Evans fumble on the concussion? It was, and, uh, it was yeah. definitely targeting. Yep. Yeah. I don't know, man. I can't really find value in the number. Like, I can see Saban reverting back to his old ways, going ground and pound. They probably still have the personnel to be pretty successful doing that against virtually everybody but Georgia, you know? Um on the other hand, look, it can't be encouraging that Tommy Reese brings uh, Hartman in to Notre Dame because he didn't like his quarterback room, right? And then Reese leaves Notre Dame and brings the quarterback that he didn't yeah. like from Notre Dame to Bama with yeah. him. That can't bode well for for Buckner's prospects That's, at Bama. Look, man, that was my red flag. Like, sirens are going off immediately after the spring game. They're getting a quarterback. Yeah. Now, the Saban, other thing that fig- gets- Saban figures it out, but he does. You got to have a dude. I'll tell you the other thing that would bother me if I were a Bama fan it, the three quarterbacks we've got on the roster, none of their skill sets are the same. So you can't really tailor an offense to, you know, one guy and then hope the next guy, you know, one guy's having a bad game, we'll just go to the backup. Because Milrow's skill set is not the same as Buckner's, and it's not the same as uh, Simpson's. I mean, So yeah. you've got to really have three different game plans, three different playbooks if you're going to play all three of those guys. I, I think that's asking a lot of college kids and coordinator, and I don't know. I'll say, I'll say this. I don't think this is a hot take. I think Tyler Buckner – is just John Rice Plumley without the piano talent. <laughs> I'm just saying, Duke Duke can run, but he can't throw the football. The other thing, and we'll save this for the West talk later, but I'll say this, Texas and Ole Miss get Bama early. If they haven't figured out the quarterback situation, you know, by that point in the season, it could be trouble. They may figure it out late. You know, say the Simpson kid comes on the back yeah. half of the year and ends up being a guy. I just think it's less likely that he's a dude um, before the end of September. I'll be very interested to see if Nick Saban is speaking so highly of Tommy Reese in October as he is already. Man, the the the, the coordinator hires were very underwhelming. They oh, have, yeah. Oh, have, yeah. Decent floors. Who was the retread they got at defense? 
um, your boy from um, – he's been everywhere in the SEC. He was most recently at Miami, though. Kevin Steele, right? Yeah. I mean – Yeah. Again, that guy – you know what you're getting with Kevin Steele, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's a high floor. It's a high floor, but it's not a Georgia defensive ceiling. No, not at all. All right, it's good to be back here on Hit That Line. Appreciate Austin, Ben, Nick for joining. Appreciate you, the listener, for tuning in. Appreciate the sponsors for making this show possible. And as we belabored in the beginning of the show, we very much appreciate our good friends over at Homefield Apparel for being the title sponsor. Remember, promo code TOC23. That is TOC23. Get you 15% off. Almost drop August 27th. It is, uh, I, I can't imagine it's going to be anything but immaculate. So stay locked in for that. Stay locked in. We will be back next week talking SEC East. Week after that, we will do SEC West. And then pff, it'll be week one, baby. So uh, it's good to be back. And until next time, we out.